Hey guys, welcome to the Virtus Performance Podcast. Uh, before we get stuck into this week's guest, uh, I'd like to thank all you guys who have been listening, who have been sending emails and sending messages of support. It's amazing to, one, know there's people listening and two, to know that we're actually making a difference in your lives and that we're, you know, f- I guess, focusing on our why and we're actually making the world a better place so for all you guys that have sent those messages thank you very much none of them go unnoticed i appreciate them all immensely uh if you haven't feel free to like i wouldn't hate it um (laughs) if you'd like to share and subscribe uh and do all that kind of stuff if you like the podcast please plug it to your friends and tell the people around you because we we genuinely think we're making a difference and we we love it when we start seeing those numbers going up uh, today on the podcast, I sat down with the wonderful Fit with Georgie. Uh, this is episode number thirty-seven, I think. Uh, we this is the second time Georgie's been on the podcast. It's the first time she's been solo by myself, uh, which was cool. We it was much much better this time without Anna, to be honest. Yeah, it was. <laughs> um, today we yeah we sat we talked about a lot of different things. We talked we tried to unpack a few topics in a little bit more depth than I guess usual. When we're when I'm interviewing someone, it's really, really hard to spend a lot of time on one topic. So today we went through went through death. We talked about death a lot. We talked about people. We talked about mindfulness uh, a lot. We talked about goal setting uh, and about how Georgie's goals have changed since our last podcast and how she's, I guess, co- cultivated those goals and, and has now put herself in an environment in environment where she's able to do a lot of pretty cool things uh we talked about 2017 and what's and what worked and then and then plans for 2018 we talked a lot about her work and how she's making making the world a better place one patient at a time uh we talked about purpose gratitude progress uh just lots and lots of different stuff so i hope you guys really enjoy it uh, if you want more information about Virtus Performance or the Virtus Podcast, please jump on our website or send me an email to info at virtusperformance.com. Uh, right at the end of the podcast, I asked Georgie if she could tell me a joke, and she didn't. So she's about to jump on and tell you one now. What do you call a fly with no wings? Hit me. A walk. A walk. <laughs> And on that note, and on that note, please enjoy episode 37 of the podcast with Fit with Georgie. My personal and business goal is to be just a little bit better every day. I believe everyone, especially normal people, have a story to tell. The Virtus Podcast exists to help us all find small ways of consistent improvement by discussing the journey and experiences of each of our guests. <laughs> Fit with Georgie, you're back. I'm back. What a day. How what are you? Day. I'm good. I'm very excited because it was my last shift before the Christmas break. Pinch yeah. It's awesome. sunny. Went down the beach. It's beautiful. It's been a good day. Hasn't it? What's it been like this year? So that's is that first year all done? No, so oh no. Um in February it'll be my second year nursing. Yeah. Far as in two years. Second. That's crazy. Yeah. Awesome. What have how have you changed since you started? Oh my god. Immensely. 
Um, in terms of nursing or in terms of... Both. In terms of how do you approach nursing and how do you approach life? Is it different? Totally. So for nursing, like going from brand new, like little baby student <laughs> to grad is like a huge increase. Like if it was on a bell curve, it'd be like full vertical from yeah. like, you know, launching and, you know, fully fledged. Um, and I always say that my first year of nursing is like a massive year of growth. It was massive. Yeah. It was um, amazing. And um, actually, I get a lot of people that message me on, on my Instagram or they send me emails um, because they're like student nurses or grad nurses or aspiring healthcare professionals and they say, like, what advice have you got or anything like that? And uh, my advice is always like, just be a sponge and just, soak yeah. up as much as you can. Just be ready to like actually like load up on just yeah. learning. Yeah. Ask lots of questions. Like I was... I was telling you just before, I'm like the annoying nurse that's like asking lots of questions and like poking the doctors and yeah, just be curious and um, yeah. And be, your progress like, and... Yeah, it's crazy. Um, and then as a person like, I don't know, what I've been exposed to um, in the hospital and like the people I've met, um, I've always like, whether you realise it at the time or not, I've always like left with something that's like contributed to me like for the day or from each kind of person like yeah um and sort of you know so it's almost been two years and I've collected little things that have taught stuff about me and yeah that's that's crazy to look back from like who I was to who I am now that's pretty cool to be able to kind of have that reflection are you good at giving yourself pats on the back or giving yourself quiet times of reflection to look back on it all Quiet times of reflection, yes, I like to think so. But pats on the back, probably not. Um, I'm probably more like critical or analytical. Um, I do spend a lot of time like by myself or doing like a lot of sort of silent reflection, whether I'm doing yoga or like exercise, going for a walk. Yeah. I'm often doing lots of reflection um, whilst I'm doing that. Um, and a lot of the time, not being self-critical, but like o- like analysing and running over everything that I've been doing and what I've got going on or, you know, what I did at work the other week or, you know, so analysing through that. But giving myself pats on the back, I kind of <laughs> probably don't do as much as I should. Why do you struggle with that? Why do you think you don't want to give yourself? I know it's going to sound really stupid, but it's probably like my strive for not so much perfection, but just to be great or to be at the standard that I would expect of myself or that I want to be and sometimes that's really hard at work because no matter what you try and do you never reach it or like just whatever goes on you know you've got your agenda and you've got your plan and this is what I want to do this is what I need to achieve for my patients and then the patient's got an absolutely completely different plan and what's important to me and what I want to get done for them is completely different to what's important to them yeah so that's been a huge like learning curve for me and like learning how to I don't know get get comfortable with that and sort of make the best of everything yeah well, it's um, a pretty important one for anyone in a an industry or an, a job that helps people because mm-hmm. you can have all your goals ready to go and you can spend you know hours locking in here's what I think this person should want mm-hmm. and then you treat them or talk to them or, or have a consult with them and they go actually this is what I want and you're like oh shit well there's three hours down the drain yeah how do you go about I guess listening properly like actually listening to what people want I I find that really like gratifying but probably something that I don't do enough yeah um we're sort of not that we're um governed by time constraints 
but a lot of what you do in your in your shift at nursing is like you know maids do it this time and this time and you gotta do this at this time and then you know so you you've sort of got a schedule yeah. um that you try and stick to but that definitely doesn't always happen and so here's me thinking like gotta get these meds due at 12 and all the patient wants is to, you know, brush their hair or something. And you're like, <laughs> uh, and it's really hard because what's important to you and, like, what you think is right, all they want is their hair combed. And, yep. like, that's what's going to make them feel great. And so, yeah, learning to take the time to do that. And that's, like, the human side of nursing. Yeah. There's, like, the medical... Like, there's, the, like, the theoretical the tick all these boxes kind yeah, of side. and, and look good the, yeah. on paper versus the... As a self-proclaimed by the book nurse, yeah. do you struggle with balancing those two? Yeah, yeah, I do. Mm. But I'll tell you what the most the thing that I find the most gratifying is when I get to spend those like human moments, I guess. So when I when I step back and think like, okay, you know, like just relax and yeah. you know, let's, like in my shift this morning, like one of my patients, I'm trying to give her a tablet and make sure the tablets are on time and really important medication, and she wanted to go to the bathroom, so I was like, okay, we'll go to the toilet took her in there and we were in there for about 20 minutes and I was like and she wanted to brush her teeth and then she wanted to like comb her hair <laughs> yeah. and I'm standing thinking like I'm gonna look like a dick because your medication's so overdue but she wanted to do all that stuff and I was like it's really challenging yeah that's when you like, frustrating yeah that's when patience really like becomes is it like a virtue that's when it becomes like really important you gotta be like okay yeah just relax yeah, yeah that's, that's pretty cool have you have you, I guess, had that... <clears throat> I completely forgot what question I was going to ask. Shit. Something about was, Yeah, no, nah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Oh, but I was just thinking about, like, having that ability to kind of go, you know what, this is perfect. Like, this is when I should give the me- medicine um, or the medication, but this person wants to brush their hair. And sometimes you have to go, Gladys, get out of the bathroom. You need your meds. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, I remember one thing, like, pops to my mind, and it... I was mentoring like a student nurse and we had this patient and she was what we call like behavioral, like she sort of act up a little bit and yep. she was, um, you know, like to sort of whinge and complain a little bit to sort of get out of doing things. And she wanted to walk to the toilet and I was like, all right, walk to the toilet. And then she wanted us to like push her back and I was like, no, you can walk. Like, And it was five steps away and I was like, you can walk. And she was like, oh, I can't, I can't. And the student was like, I'll, I'll help you. I'll go and get a, a wheelchair and I'll help you. And I turned to the student and I was like, no. She needs to walk, and I like looked like the nasty, really mean person, but like pushing them to do that. And yeah, there's plenty of times. Did she end up walking? Yeah, she walked. But Job plenty, done. Yeah, so there's plenty of times where you play like good cop, bad cop, mm. like good nurse, bad nurse. <laughs> good cop, bad cop. <laughs> nurse, mate, you're a nurse. Yeah. yeah. Have you had any uh, kind of moments or periods of time where a, a patient has taught you something that's stuck with you? patients like tell me like when they're really old and they ask me like you know they look at me and they go oh, like how old are you do you have kids or are you married they all ask if you've got kids and if you're married but um and then they tell me things about like what they were doing when they were my age or um a few of them told me things they wish they've done like before they die or things that they regret not doing yeah things like that's really sort of made me step back and be that, like, that must oh. be pretty heavy like yeah like on someone who i follow heavily is gary v and one of the things that he kind of talks about in one of his, I guess, most famous like little kind of rants is that if you want to learn what regret is, go spend time in a nursing home and go talk to people that are, I guess, on their last legs at the end of their life. And great segue to death too because it's something we were talking about earlier on. What do you think 
death can teach us about life? So much. Um, obviously that life is so quick in the grand scheme of things yeah. and that it is so, so precious and that a good quality life or good health within your life is so much so taken for granted. Um, and like from, I guess, like a medical, like pathophysiological point of view is that like one thing that I'm always astounded by, and especially since I started working where I work, I've only been there for like six or seven months. Yeah. I'm on a um, respiratory and renal ward, so it's lungs and kidneys. Um, and I didn't think I'd like kidneys and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, but one thing I've learned from that is like how, just how hard your body works to keep you going and to keep yeah. you alive and to keep you well. And even people who are like on their deathbed with like all of their bloods out of whack and completely end stage kidney failure, you know, got lung failure, got cancer all at the same time yeah. and their bodies fight so hard and for so long um, to fix things and to get things better and to, mm. just to keep them alive. Yeah. Even when the patient's lost their will to live, like it's amazing. And then I come out of work and I'll see people downstairs smoking or like able-bodied, really healthy yeah. people choosing to take drugs or choosing to abuse their bodies and it just you go from one thing to another where there's people who are trying their best to get better in such bad health and then there's people like us that are so healthy and yeah. make such bad choices and it's a, I guess it's a real unfairness of, of life that some people can or some people do treat their body like shit more mm -hmm. or less and then some people treat their body like a temple yet right. you never necessarily know which mm -hmm. one's going to end up sicker or which one's going to die first or yeah. whatever well poor health doesn't discriminate sometimes yeah or you know disease doesn't often discriminate as well it can it's a pretty hard thing to yeah if you were to pick i guess the areas in terms of health and holistic health and well-being that if you could teach everyone maybe four or five areas to focus on to improve their quality of life not only now because i think the big thing us as like mid 20 year olds like and then you've got your 30s and 40s and 50s. Mm. You can get away with a lot when you're in your teens and in your 20s and mm -hmm. sometimes in your 30s, but unfortunately it tends to pay you back with interest down the track. Yeah. What are the things that you wish everybody knew? Um, one thing that I know everybody pretty much already does know, yeah. but it just doesn't, doesn't seem act to sink on it. in, especially because I'm a respiratory nurse, is that smoking is like the shittest thing you can do for <laughs> yourself ever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like... If you've ever been held down underwater or when someone's, like, pushed your head under the water or they've, you know, played around suffocating you or, you know, I don't know what happens to you, but... Um, Each of their own. <laughs> um, yeah, like, if you've ever had that feeling of not being able to breathe, imagine having that all the time and not even being able to go from, like, your bed to your chair or bed to the toilet without being completely, like, keeled over um, or, like unable to breathe and you'd see that stuff like daily being in the yeah. spiritually yeah people that can't even like you can't even i don't know you can't even transfer them from yeah from the bed to the chair that's right next to the bed because they'll literally just drop on you um it's crazy and they and it's and a lot of it is because of like irreversible lung damage from smoking um i saw a little video the other day which was like a i don't know it was like a jar that they put a bunch of cotton balls in right and then they'd put a little hole for the cigarette and they'd I think they'd uh they'd burnt through 30 cigarettes mm -hmm. and then taken the cotton balls out after like I'm sure you guys who are listening at home can google this and find the video just search cotton ball cigarette video or whatever <laughs> I don't know but it showed how much 
tar and crap comes out of the cigarette each time and over 30 cigarettes which seemingly is a lot but for some people it probably maybe a day's worth or a couple days worth Mm. um it's it was genuinely like i'm someone that have like i'm fortunate enough to have never touched a cigarette in my life Mm. because i i does it's just yeah the i can't even come begin to fathom why some people do it but to actually see that and I'm like big proponent against it to actually see that like it was another level of holy shit that is genuinely mm. horrific yeah and I feel like it's because maybe we can't see see it happening yeah like internally like we, we can't see it um that maybe it's just not sinking in I don't know what else we need to do to like to show people and make them aware but I mean, once you get to 40 or 50 years old, you'd think you'd be still relatively healthy, but we've got people like that that, yeah, we can't even get out of bed. Mm. Um, so that's probably one of the first things, and that's it, like wherever you go. It doesn't matter what kind of nurse you are or wherever you are in the world, like smoking is that crap for you. Yeah. Um, and some of our patients are still smokers. Like they'll come up on the ward for um, an exacerbation of their emphysema or, you know, COPD. Mm. Um, and still go down, go downstairs to smoke, and then come back to the ward. That Do you talk to them, or you discuss it, at least discuss it with them, and get their point of view as to why they smoke? Um, no, really, I haven't. Um, a lot of them, to be honest, yeah, I haven't. A lot of them, you know, we we tell them that we have got no smoking policy, and that I'll and I'll tell them, I'll tell them that I, you know, you shouldn't be going downstairs, and I think that's really bad for you. And yeah. All that, but I haven't, yeah, I haven't really sat down and asked. Because I guess, why. like, from my point of view, it'd be interesting to see to talk to them and be like, well, obviously, you guys, like, they know what it, like the problems with it. Yeah. Whether they just go, no, nah, fuck it, I'm gonna do it anyway, or yeah. whether they go, oh, but I'll be okay, or it's kind of like that whole, like, you're bulletproof till you're not. Yeah, yeah. Kind of oh, thing. I'm not that bad yet, or yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, I'll quit when I when it gets really bad or, or yeah. something like that. I don't know. I just. I find it's an interesting mindset and it's really like we do it in all aspects of our lives but it's really easy to bullshit ourselves mm-hmm. that we're doing the right thing or mm-hmm. that we're making the right decisions or that we're looking after our long-term health yeah. when really we're probably not yeah or that you can like quit later or you know like oh you know i'll stop when i need to or you know that, yeah mm-hmm. bad habits like that can be really hard to break sometimes yeah. Do your patients, when they kind of talk to you about what you're doing now and, and things like that, do they talk about regret much? Um, apart from the ones, there's ones that have told me like, yeah, like I regret not doing this before I've been unwell or I yeah. regret not doing this before I die. Um, a few of them have regretted, you know, like I say, if I regret smoking or I wish I never did that or, yeah. um, yeah. No, I haven't had heaps of like, no DMs with my patients. Yeah. Um, lots of family members though, lots of family members with regrets yeah. um, that come in and a witnessing their loved one being ill um you know regrets for not bringing them to hospital sooner or regrets for you know not telling them that they loved them or regrets for you know not playing more of a key role in helping them or you know advocating for their health or you know um death seems to bring around yeah and it's kind of an like an interesting one i was listening to a podcast on death today and it, and I guess that's why it's front of mind and I wanted to talk to you about it but it was talking about the experience every, like ex- death is experienced kind of two ways it's either you're the person passing away and you're have, you have that anticipation of loss and you know that it's coming and you 
you realise and start to think about all the things you miss out on and you won't have and the family members you won't see and things like that. And you assume that you're going to like either to nothingness or to a magical place or wherever you feel as though you're going. Mm-hmm. Not Like it doesn't really matter because no one knows. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the people that are experiencing death but through someone else. So whether mm-hmm. it's a family member or a friend or someone that's passing away or you as a nurse. Yeah. That you can kind of look at that and, and there's two different ways of you experiencing it. Mm-hmm. Do you find, have you found that there's a difference between the person that is passing away and their family members who kind of know it's coming? Yeah, it's um, a lot of the time the patient accepts it a lot sooner than the family. Yeah. Um, and depending on like why they're in and what like what's going on with them, I guess, like especially in the elderly um, you know, the families are the ones that make the choice to like, continue treatment or it's finally, it's their call to say, like, let's stop treatment. Yeah. Um, and for us, we probably nurse patients or we hold on to them and prolong their life or prolong their suffering um, for a lot longer than they probably should because the family's not ready to let go. Yeah. Um, and I've had patients that look at me and say, like, I just want to die, like, please just let me go and... You know, like I'm ready and like I've had enough, like I just don't want to do this anymore. And the family comes in and it's like, How are they going? Yeah, yeah they're gonna be okay. Yeah. You know, oh, but last time she came home, or last time she got better. And yeah, so helping the family to realize um, is probably a big thing. And just the other day, actually, um, being so new, like you don't learn about how to deal with death at uni, really. You don't, we're like, Stop stealing my questions, mate. (laughs) You don't get taught how to tell someone that their loved one has died or is dying. You know, like, it's not something that they teach you. It's just something that happens, I guess, with experience. And I find it really hard because, like, I'm not super experienced. Um, I've had plenty of patients pass away, but, you know, in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, like, knowing what to say. But it was just the other day, it was the first time I've been really honest with a family member about how unwell their loved one is. Yeah. Um, not that I sugarcoat things, but I do try and draw on the positives. You know, people want to come in and hear good news about their family. You know, yeah. Oh, you know, she's doing this and blah, blah, blah. Um, and I had a family member come in and from a nursing perspective, we could tell that this patient was going to pass away pretty soon in a couple of days or so. And the family came in and they were like, oh, how's she going? And I was really brutally honest. And I said, like, she's she's not doing well at all. And she's gotten a lot worse. And she's receiving maximum of everything that we can give her. And she's just still, like, going really, really far and quickly downhill. Yeah. Uh, and that was really, really hard. But also, I think, to sugarcoat it and to tell them that she would she's going to yeah. be okay and would be even worse. It just prolongs, I guess, suffering and that ability to start beginning to deal with it yeah. maybe mm. and then yeah if you're able to have that conversation they they might not appreciate it straight away but you know I'm sure later on upon reflection they probably do yeah a little bit do you think we and like obviously you talked about not going through it at uni but do you think we need to have that conversation about death and make it a normal make it a normal thing to actually mm. talk about it yeah I think in, like even in just the general public not even just in hospitals or anything yeah. that yeah, I mean, life, I mean, we talk about birth and how great that is and how great, you know, all of our little milestones are and death is just one of those as well and it doesn't have to be a sad thing. Um, yeah. Plenty of people pass away outside of hospital, you know, pleasantly and happily and plenty of people don't as well. But, yeah. you know, like, it, yeah, it's it's completely just part of life and 
Um, well, it's the only thing that we'll like. We'll, we'll all do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it's just inevitable. Fun. So like, it's. Yeah. So it, why are we so afraid of it? I think um, we're. Af- I think because of the finality of it, because of the uncertainty behind it, and mm. because of the inability to to know what's next mm. or if there is anything next or yeah. if there is. But do you think has death and your your experiences at work with death? Has that changed or altered the way you live your life? I know that every time I look after a patient, like if 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 they've passed away on my shift, or if I leave work and I know that they'll pass away overnight, or you know within the next couple of days if I'm not going to be there, um, yeah, I think it, I always leave feeling really like grateful for my own health, which yeah. is sort of a given. Um, it really makes you reflect on that, but. Yeah, it makes me. I makes. I feel like it humbles me a little bit every time, and makes me sort of soften. And yeah, um, I've come home after a death of one of my patients. She was quite young, um, far too young to be to be passing away from what she did was unfortunate. But and like I came home and cried. Um, it was really hard, and she was a complete stranger. I knew her for about forty eight hours. Um, but I was with her in that most intimate time of her passing away and yeah. yeah it really it really does it changes you a lot and it humbles you and makes you you see a different side of things mm. that you just wouldn't ever really get does to it, see otherwise has it made you take more action and chase the things that you want I think so yeah it's um it's made me sort of maybe it's like I see it as a, a kind of in a weird way as like a motivator you know, I say that I leave and I always feel, like, very grateful for what I can do. And, you know, you might be looking after a patient in hospital that's grumpy and they yell at you for doing this or that and they crack it and, you know, then I get to leave work and go and run on the beach in the sand and go for yeah. a swim and, you know. And then, actually, I was, I was I was thinking that when I was down the beach today, just thinking, like, how lucky I am. And even just to be able to simply take my shoes off and put my feet and scrunch them in the sand, you know. <laughs> it's crazy. Um yeah it's, it's, it's just an important yet simple thing to do yeah to just go shit we're lucky like the simple I think, things yeah I think that's what that's the part of death that or that's the effect death has on me I want to be able to talk about it more and want to be able to talk about it with my grandparents with my parents and with my friends and with my family mm. because I think if we if we're able to use that as like you said a motivator like I don't think that's a weird thing at all mm. but if you like we've got this clock running that we don't know when it's going to end out and like mm. end like you know touch wood we're all okay it could end to, like it could end tomorrow so does, shouldn't that mean that the next 12 24 hours is going to be amazing mm. and I think if more people live with that I don't know thought process or, or ideal that hey you know my time could be up next year or the year after or whatever mm. and yes we can talk with some level of certainty that maybe it won't happen because you know most people do live to 50 60 70 80 that maybe we've got a little bit more time than that but i think if we're able to go yeah i don't know when it, when my time is then mm. you know you'll stop having those arguments with yourself or or things like that and like yeah. one of the, like that podcast i was talking about they talked about road rage mm. and road rage is kind of like the the most uh unnecessary i guess use of our energy because if we're if we're in an environment where someone cuts you off and you get annoyed, and but then you bring yourself back to, you know what, I'm going to die someday, they're going to die someday. Everyone's just going about their business and trying to live their life as happily as possible. You probably will never be road wrenched. Mm. And I'd make sure that I check myself whenever I am annoyed in the car now that 
road rage shouldn't be a thing mm-hmm. because I'm you know, privileged enough to be able to drive my car and to be able to sit in there and listen to the music I want and listen to the podcast I want. And this person who I might never meet is exactly in exactly the same position. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And you know what I think, um, funny about road rage, I heard about this in a podcast and I do it all the time now. Um, and it can apply to heaps of different things, not just road rage. Um, but when someone's doing something shitty that you don't like or that you don't agree with and you you can feel it within yourself that it's like churning up these emotions that you're like, you know, like makes you really angry or, you know, you're, you're enraged. Um, you try and think about like, all right, obviously like driving isn't this person's strength. Like maybe they're really good. And you go, and I, and I, I go, like that. You know, and I like to think about the person. I'm like, maybe they're really good at, you know, making cupcakes or, <laughs> you know, maybe this person gives great hugs, you know, and like their, their strength is somewhere. driving is just not one of them that's cool that's a really simple way of looking at it yeah and that's with anything like you know someone could be you know getting in your way in the supermarket or you know someone could steal you know the last cookie from the jar or eat your pizza that you're looking forward to eating when you get home you go okay like obviously that's you know not one of their strengths is you know forward thinking or whatever but you know maybe they're really good at washing their car or I bet they brush their dog really well or something yeah yeah and to add on top of like that empathy is probably what makes you such a wonderful person yeah and a lovely person to be around and to go you know that person that crashed into me in the shopping center might have a shitload going on that i can't tell and i can't i don't know mm. and when we allow ourselves, i think you posted something maybe today or yesterday i was gonna say yeah that yeah. completely reminds me of that Do you remember people, it? yeah people that some sometimes people that need help don't like Sometimes people that need help don't look like people that need help. Yeah, which is huge because oh. it shows that even the people that seem as though they've got it together, they don't and or they, they might for that moment, but they might not in the next moment. Mm-hmm. And your ability to understand that, that if, you know, and we all get annoyed at things and annoyed at people, mm-hmm. but to allow yourself to check yourself and go, you know what, that person is just going about their business and they're just trying to do their best they can mm-hmm. and they're trying to... You know, find their shopping for the Christmas lunch on Monday, or they're you know, yeah. they're trying to, and and this podcast will be out like in like a month, so it doesn't really make a lot of sense <laughs> to you guys. Um, oh, and like you know, maybe the guy on the road that cut you off is on the way to his wife who's having a baby. Yeah. Or you know, like don't think about it just about you, and you can't just think about like oh me, and you know that's that's you know impacted me and blah blah me me me. Yeah. You, know, you got to think about the other person as well and. Yeah. yeah, and it's a, but it's a simple it's a simple thing, but it's not easy. It takes practice. It takes yeah. practice, and I think it takes mindfulness. Mm. Which, interestingly enough, actually, fun fact, that's what um, my tattoo is about. Oh, that's one thing that it reminds me of, and I often touch it at work, awesome. which probably sounds really weird. So it's a picture of an eye. Um, and what one of the main reasons I got it is it reminds me of one of my favorite sort of sayings, which is in a way about mindfulness, and it's called, um, I read it in a book, it's called To Watch the Thinker. And so you're the one thinking, but to then watch yourself thinking. I like that. And that's what takes practice. And that's what I work on at work all the time. You know, I'm frustrated about wanting to do the medications, but my patient wants to brush her hair and I find myself getting angry and irritated. And I think, like, that's when, like, it takes, yeah, it takes a lot of practice and, you know, and, and just being aware and being able to say, like, you know, to be able to catch yourself and think, 
take a step like outside of yourself and watch yourself yeah. having those reactions and then think why am I why am I reacting like this or yeah you know. and, and to understand that we are not our thoughts mm-hmm. is a really he- like a, it's a heavy thing to think about because well I am my thoughts because I'm thinking it but you can think something and go no nah, that's not mm-hmm. me or that's not what I believe in or that's not that doesn't match up to my values I wrote down something this morning when I was listening to that podcast mm-hmm. and it relates perfectly to that it was a, con- a conscious relationship with my thoughts allows me to live a proactive life and if I don't have a conscious relationship with my thoughts, I'm just reacting to everything. Yeah. And, you know, if I see someone cut in front of me and I crack shits at them and beat my horn and all that kind of thing, I'm just letting, you know, my inner, inner lizard, <laughs> my lizard brain just react mm-hmm. to that, right? Mm-hmm. But if I actually go, you know what, I'm going to consciously go this guy's got other shit going on. Yeah. He probably needs to be in front of me more than I do. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be a hippie thing. Like if he's a dick and cuts in front of me, you know, can't win them all. But yeah. <laughs> it just allows me to, I think it should allow you to actually, yeah, do like react the way you want to react. Mm. And reactions are that, they're reactions. But what comes after the reaction can be mindful and mm. it can be something you actually think yeah. about. That's probably one thing that I've grown from with my nursing from from being brand new grad nurse to where I am today is is being proactive rather than reactive, you know. I, you know, yeah. my patient, you know, is acting up because of this, refuses to do this, you know, instead of me going, All right, whatever, like I'm not gonna help you then walking out of the room or cracking out like yeah. some people would, um, and sort of acting back at them like they don't deserve for us to give them attitude just because mm. they're giving attitude to us yeah um but to yeah that's one thing i've learned i guess is to to step back and instead of me cracking it and thinking like well now i'm going to be late for lunch turning around and thinking like okay like how could i've done that differently or maybe should i help them with this or what yeah. else can i do you know to to work with them and mm. do it in their way or a different way or you know, that kind of thing. It's one it's, thing that I've learned. As soon as you can use that self-reflection to kind of go, well, what, how could I have dealt with that that issue differently? Mm. And, like, I'm sure we've all had issues in our life where we just blame someone else or mm. blame blame the environment or blame the situation or, or whatever. But I'm a big believer that if, that if I communicate with someone and they don't hear what I'm trying to say, that it's not them not listening. It's me not communicating it the correct way. Mm. So all I have to do is manipulate the way I, I communicate and mm. hopefully the, the the message will get across yeah. and if it doesn't it doesn't matter try yeah. the third way try the fourth way mm. I learned that as a gymnastics coach so when I used to coach gym and I would try and you know say say you're teaching backflips and you're teaching it to a group of six different girls um, and you set it up the way like you know this is the way I've taught to teach backflips this is what I think I need to teach yeah. and how to break it down two girls get it and the other girls are like what the hell like I have no idea what's yeah. going on and can't get it and part of that could be just natural talent and ability but a lot of it is just explaining it in a different way mm. um, you know some people are different kind of learners yeah. and it happened to me even when I was a gymnast I wouldn't be able to do things for ages and ages and then one day my coach would be away and we'd have a sub coach and they would explain it their way or, you know same skill different explanation yeah and it would just click and you get that light bulb moment yeah well some people like learn through seeing things mm. through movement through kinesthetic learning through auditory learning like and if we're able to identify that and know like your gym coach if he knew that, that this is the way that little georgie learned mm. then he would have been able to go okay you three who know it 
I'm going to teach Georgie it this way, mm. right? And I like I find that in the gym have with my clients. Some of them I can just say this is what we're doing, and I know mm. they're going to do it. Some mm. of them they have to feel how it feels, and some of them they need to see me do it. Mm. And when you're able to identify that, like you're kind of rolling because then everyone can can learn the right way, and everyone's moving forward. Yeah, it's not one size fits all, is it? No, definitely and that not. happens in all walks of life, whether it's yeah, like nursing or coaching or anything that you're doing. Everything, everything's different, <laughs> which is. Which is why when it comes to like things like medication and and exercise and nutrition and things like that, every individual is going to react to the, yeah. that thing maybe slightly differently, maybe very differently. So yeah. when we when we allow ourselves to understand that, then we can kind of kind of start moving forward. Yeah. Do you have a bucket list? You know what? I've never actually physically. What are you doing? Stop that! <laughs> Lock his pinky at him, picking at his pimples <laughs> on his shoulders. Um, it's no. bugging me. <laughs> um, put a stamp on it. Um, I've never actually physically written down a bucket list on a piece of paper. Probably more so out of fear of not achieving them, yep. or being the non-achiever. Um, rather than of not having bucket list things. Yeah. At the start of 2017, like, I had my diary, um, and in that I had goal setting and plans and, you know, like, where do you want to be when you're halfway through the year and where do you want to be at the end of the year and where do you see yourself in five years and, you know, what can you do to, to get there and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I actually, for the first time, wrote down some pretty big and meaningful things. Awesome. Um, that, yeah, that I thought, like, you know, it's just things that I've always had in my mind but haven't wanted to ever write down. Um, I guess due to fear of failure, um, but yeah, I've never, I've never, I like, I mean, I don't have like a list. saying Georgie's bucket yeah, list. That's okay. Yeah. But yeah, because I, I always it's something I that it, that I never really just thought about them, but I watched the movie The Bucket List a couple of weeks ago, and I love that movie. And I have, I've kind of got a bucket list, but you're right, I haven't written it down either. Like I've mm. got stuff that I, in terms of experiences, things that I want to do and yeah. experience and, and achieve. Yeah. But I've never actually written it down. I, 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 lo- I love the idea of a bucket list because yeah. it's kind of like, and you use the word fear, like it keeps you in check of the things that you like that you want to do yeah. and that you tell yourself you want to do because it's really easy for us to convince ourselves that, oh, no, I can't do that or I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. What scares you about writing that stuff down? The, I guess that makes it real. Yeah. Um, it's come from like existing in my head to having it down on a piece of paper. And even more recently, I've spoken to a few people about like some of the goals and aspirations I have for next year or for the years to come, um, which I've never really done before either. I've never really, and, and for the same reason, I've never really discussed it because I've always thought like, well, you know, what if I fail or what if I never start? Yeah. You know, I don't want to be a failure and how embarrassing and all that kind of stuff but even just talking about it has made me so much more motivated so much more excited yeah um, but I, you know what I find it interesting that you haven't written it down like I'm looking around your office looking at, <laughs> looking at your like there's a lot of stuff written there's down there's like no room on your walls for anything for all like the lists and stuff like look at this yeah yet you don't have your own personal bucket list not a bucket list but I have goals and things I want to achieve and I guess if you asked me to write it down I'd be able to mm. I'd, oh, I'd be able to write down a fair chunk of it like what I'd actually want to do. Here's a question. Yes. Do you think goals and bucket list items are different or the same? That's a very good question. Uh, I think they're different. I think, like, for me, a bucket list is just a list of things, that, and for me, it's experiences. Mm-hmm. 
I think a bucket list should be, I, I, and I say should be, but my bucket list should be because everyone else will have their own definition of a bucket list. Mm-hmm. But I feel as though a bucket list should be experiences and goals should be things you want to achieve. And whether they're two in the same or one or different, mm-hmm. I don't know. I write down my goals yeah. somewhat. I don't write down them write them down as much as maybe I should or maybe I think that I want to. Um, but a lot of that's come because I've come back to the. My, a lot of my goals is being present now and loving now and enjoying what I'm doing now mm-hmm. rather than worrying about well, where, where, where am I going to be in 6-12 months like I know that in 4-5 or five months I'll be in South America on top of a mountain like yeah. is a bucket list item to be there yes like yes I'll, Machu Picchu would probably be on my bucket list and but I'm going to be there in March so does that mean it needs to be like written down on a piece of paper yeah maybe maybe not um, yeah I don't know it's an interesting one it's something that I probably haven't really thought about properly. Yeah. Um, I mean, things like, like, would you put, like, get married and have a baby? Like, not even a little bit. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's something that I want to do one day. Yeah. But I don't know if that's, like, that's not really a goal or a bucket list thing, mm. is it, really? It's, What's a goal? Yeah. It's yeah, a goal. Yeah. It's probably yeah. a B goal. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, reading, I'm reading that book at the moment. Awesome. Um, start with why. Awesome. Oh, yeah. What is it? That, no, that's different to that, isn't it? Well, oh, it's, it's different, yeah. but it's... Same concept. Same idea. Same concept. Yeah. What have you learned from Start With Why? Um, so, like, the one thing that I realized the other day, and actually, like, I didn't write any book, I promise. I you, got, you're I more got, than welcome to write in my book. Go, it's a really nice, clean book. So. Seriously, write in my book. <laughs> I, um, I, did, I usually underline things that I love, but I wrote it down on my own piece of paper. I highlight, um, so feel free to highlight stuff. Okay. <laughs> um, I, like, learned to be operating from the outside in versus mm-hmm. the inside out. Um, which was like, oh, like, yeah, just really amazing. And the whole, the whole start with why. Yeah. Um, so the example that they used with like Apple and saying, instead of Apple saying like, we are a computer company, we make computers buy our shit. You know, they say like, our goal is to challenge the status quo. Um, we do this through amazing technology. We also make like beautiful computers and you know they sell you the lifestyle want to buy one buy our stuff <laughs> yeah yeah and it's exactly. like so different instead of just being like yeah and, and instead of like limiting yourself to like what you do and how you do it mm. living in like the sense of why you're doing what you're doing i was like this is the shit and, and, but yeah. it's so simple <laughs> and it's it like is. why wasn't I thinking that way before yeah and, yeah. and I like I was like once I read that book and listened to it and, and listened to all of Simon Sinek's uh, like podcasts and um, that he'd been on and all of his uh, TED talks and things like that mm. it's, I sat there and wrote down like and I actually didn't do this for me as, a, as an individual but I did it for my business I did what is our why mm-hmm. um, what do we do and how, or how do we do it and what do we do yeah and that's been kind of like it's on the wall behind your head like it's been something that I come back to mm. daily like I'm sitting in here and we were talking about it before I was getting annoyed that you know some amazing podcasts had had you know 300 listeners less than one that wasn't so amazing well not, not, not so amazing but wasn't as kind of groundbreaking as I thought the other one was and I was getting annoyed at it and I'm like well why am I doing a podcast right and I'm doing it because I, I, I want to have some amazing conversations with some cool people which I'm doing and I want to allow people to have learn lessons and, and educate people and empower people to by the conversations I'm having, like through the conversations I'm having, because I think everyone's everyone's hindsight is other people's foresight, right? Mm-hmm. If if I can learn that 
you deal with death this way, then maybe I can learn something about that. So when I have to deal with death, like yeah, and and when it, when you come back to well, this is why I'm doing it, then you know it's you don't have that anxiety or that frustration yeah. or that disappointment about not hitting your goals. Yeah. Like, why do you play football? Because I love playing football with my mates. Mm-hmm. I, I like the team environment. Awesome. You didn't win. Bad luck. But you in, like you enjoy doing it, right? Like why are you a nurse? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So why would why have you done it for your business and not for yourself? And that's a good question. Do you think being being lucky, who is the CEO of Virtus, and Virtus is a huge part of your life, but you were yourself before you mm. were Virtus. Yes. Yeah. Do I you think, and Virtus share the same why? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, and I think the reason why Virtus and I share the same why is because it's it's like what I've created and what I've fostered and grown and built mm. and and everything that that is what I am is what I'm trying to promote and and grow through Virtus mm-hmm. like if you ask me why I do what, we do what I do it's exactly the same as what why Virtus does what what we do yeah. and I guess the, the magical part about it is there's it's the same but there's a lot more arms because there's a lot more different people so there's a you know there's a physio component of it there's a myotherapy component there's a Pilates a yoga like mm-hmm. there's all these different components of it um, that allow other people to join my why mm-hmm. um, and one of the things that we were talking about in the podcast another podcast I did um, which for you guys listening will be a couple of weeks ago but it was only yesterday um, we were talking about like building a boat and as a team like the team builds a boat mm-hmm. and we want everyone sailing on the same sea so that we're all working towards the same goal and I think I'm fairly fortunate that I've been able to choose and have some of my team choose me to they come here because they're all here for the same reason mm-hmm. and yeah whether whether my why it would be slightly different to the Virtus one that I've written down it probably would be um, because it would include a little bit more adventure and world travel and things like that um, but like to go back to the ABC goal setting which you've done yeah yeah you finished do, it doing doing yeah, <laughs> yeah which is fine like I yeah. said it can take months sometimes yeah like my seagull has both an, a personal element and a Virtus element, right? Yeah. Like, and I love putting my goals out there for the world to hear, and I love writing them down and letting people know about them because, it, like you said, it makes it real. And mm. and we'll talk about failure in a minute, but it, and if you fail, you fuck up. Doesn't matter because mm. you can just move forward. And like my sea goal is to be able to grab my lovely better half KP and travel anywhere in the world for three months and know that Virtus and everyone in it will continue to improve and get better while I'm away. Yeah. That's my seagull. That's my thing that scares and excites me at the same time. Because if I'm able to do that, I'm technically not needed at Virtus anymore. <laughs> which is kind, of, which is something that like as like someone who's created it, like it's kind of a cool feeling, but kind of a scary feeling. Yeah. Um, but then I have the ability to adventure and learn and grow as a person, mm-hmm. which is only going to help Virtus down the track. I was going to say because you always say that your goal is to to make the world a better place. And, you know, you said, like, my, you know, my goal, like, includes a lot more travel. But then if you go, you know, so why does, like, what about travel, blah, 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 but why? Yeah. Um, I guess it still comes back to, it can still relate back to your goal of, yeah, you know, you want to travel to make yourself better so then you can use those experiences to make the world better. 100%. And, like, yeah. each individual is just a sum of all their experiences, right? Mm-hmm. I, I'm probably somewhat of an optimist when if you were to... Ask me if my glass is empty or full. It's empty at the moment. <laughs> but, um, but I guess I truly think that people aren't necessarily good or bad. They're just filled with good or bad experiences, in yeah. which 
can shape their their mindset and their I guess their who they are mm-hmm. um, and not I don't think you can't change who you are if you've had if you've grown up with 25 years of bad experiences who am I to tell you that you're a bad person yeah but I want to be able to help foster positive growth right yeah. so yeah I think that's I don't know why I started talking about that but I think that I think that's a really important one that if you're if you use those experiences to help make the world a better place, you don't necessarily, yeah, even like we were talking about altruism yesterday and like there's no such thing as true altruism because if you're helping someone, you feel good about it. Mm. But isn't that like kind of the most, kind of the point? Mm. Like that's kind of the, yeah. the main reason for it all. That's one of the reasons I do it. It makes yeah. me feel good about myself. And I've always yeah. said that like when others are happy, I'm happy. And how can I achieve that? I can achieve that through helping other people be mm. happy. But one thing that I was just thinking about then when you were saying, like, a person's just a sum of all their experiences, do you think that you can choose to, like, to not be your experiences or how, like, what percentage of your experiences are you? Because, say, you know, as a child growing up, I was neglected by my parents. I could then become an adult who is, you know not very outgoing and is not yeah. ambitious and who sees herself as a failure and you know just doesn't want to achieve anything has no drive because you know I've been neglected I've got low self-esteem you know I'm going nowhere I'm nothing yeah or you know and maybe that's consumed me 100% of, of that experience has just become me yeah versus I can look at that and think hell no like I don't want mm-hmm. to be like that that I'm not going to let that happen to me yeah. yes it has happened but I'm only going to let that influence me to be better so i put it to you that are we really as some of our experiences or i'm gonna i'm gonna contradict myself (laughs) because i'm not i'm human and i fuck up (laughs) i i still i think we're some of our experiences but i also believe that we are who we are as a person and what life is is like life's 90 percent like 10 percent what happens to us and 90 percent of how we deal with it Mm. and some people may not have the ability when they're younger if they're neglected by their parents to actually have the the sense of mind and they're and they're they haven't developed themselves they're not developed i guess intellectually and emotionally enough to actually go you know what that's bullshit i don't want to be like that i don't want to react like that mm-hmm. but i think that if we allow us if we have people that help us work work on that and we put ourselves in environments where we're able to foster that positivity then you're going to be okay and, and you're going to find those areas where you know what yes I was neglected and yes I didn't have the happiest childhood but I'm not going to let that define me as a human yeah and yeah and and yeah it, yeah it's how you react to the experiences yeah. I think it's the answer but, yeah so we're some of how we react to the experiences that we go through in life yeah which exactly. I guess comes back to mindfulness and being conscious and being mm. present and maybe that's something that as a society and whole we need to focus on that more in schools and it can sound like some people who aren't into like mindfulness is such like a taboo word and like it's like one of those it words at the moment Says who? you know well it's just like people when you say like i meditate or i practice mindfulness and people are like what like and they just think you're off with the fairies but yeah like but that but that's just ignorance right yeah. like that's like and i like i can be ignorant i'm sure i'm still ignorant about a bunch of different topics mm-hmm. like like your food choices, which we'll talk about later. <laughs> but like, that's something that as 
we develop and we we allow ourselves to develop intellectually through and emotionally through our I think it really happens 20 to 28 where we start to go you know what you know this is how I view the world now and this is my you know not many 16 year olds think about how they view the world right no not many 16 year olds think about what's happening in world politics or global warming or Mm. how their actions affect everyone else they're just worried about them which Mm. is perfectly okay because they're developing and they're moving through that but I think when we when we get to the age of yeah 20 to 30 let's make a big 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 gap and we start to think that shit, gratitude is important, shit, mindfulness is important, perspective is important. Um, all of these things are important. Why don't we talk about them more? Yeah. It's and it, and it comes from, yeah, and it comes from just having like for me, it's just having that conversation. Like if I talk to you about it, you'll talk to someone else about it. You talk to someone else about it, and mm. next thing you know, you've got. And like I think our generation has an incredibly powerful responsibility to start talking about a lot of these things because mm. it's probably something that hasn't like that um, that macho bravado that you know hard work's all I need and you know I don't want to show my emotions and all that kind of stuff that's kind of dying out a little bit and like mm. definitely is in the environments I surround myself in. So if we allow ourselves to say, you know what, Mind- mindfulness is incredibly important, gratitude is incredibly important, mm-hmm. perspective is in- incredibly important, fulfillment is incredibly important. Like, you know, you ask a you ask a sixty year old about fulfillment and like or job fulfill- fulfillment, and they'll mm-hmm. say, well, I go to work, I work, I provide for my family, I retire, get a gold watch, that's it, right? Yeah. You ask a twenty five year old or a twenty two year old about job fulfillment, and they'll say, well here's my why like ideally here's my why this is why I do it this is why I get up and, and go to work every day yeah. I didn't ask you the first question I've been asking everyone lately oh my god oh no <laughs> I might ask I'll ask it at the end ask it at the end, it at the end. Yeah. yeah well interestingly enough like yeah as you say like maybe maybe not so many teenagers and young kids are practicing mindfulness and mm. I guess um, that highlights a big a big gap for that in like in the education industry and I think uh, coming back to what I said before like, a lot of people do think it's pretty woo-woo and pretty I don't know just not not maybe it's just, it's not I don't know people just don't not many people believe in it or maybe aren't so open to it as mm. such I think when you've experienced it though and when you allow yourself to experience it you're like holy shit there's something here yeah what is mindfulness to you well even like when you just said, you know, not many 16 year olds practice it, but when it, when you're 20 and 30, like we realize how important it is. Mm. It kind of reminds me of one of the main reasons why I started Fit with Georgie or why it's evolved into what it has, um, which I touched on in one of the first podcasts I did a while ago, but I haven't, like I speak about it every now and then, but I guess like my main story gets lost yep. over the years that I've, that I've had my Instagram and maybe newcomers look at it and think like, oh, this girl is a nurse and does yoga. Um, Which is but, true. <laughs> very true. Um, but one of the main reasons it started was because, um, so I started it when I was pro- uh, I was nineteen, turning twenty, um, and I don't know. I woke up. I was having trouble with like my friends, and I for for years, for a long time at school and all of that. And after I graduated, I sort of never really felt like I fit in. I never really felt like I fit in hundred um, percent. And I always felt a little bit sort of a black sheep or just not quite in with the crowd and I always just thought it was me and like you know maybe I'm just you know I'm not you know maybe I need you know a new 
dress or <laughs> yeah. Nicolette's heels or Megan needed to be seen out. And Which is a 19 year old is a perfectly okay thought For process, sure. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm completely like, I don't have any regrets about it. And it's, yeah, there's no, nothing that I think was bad about that. But um, yeah, I always sort of felt like I didn't really fit in until, um, oh yeah. And so I was having like issues like with my friends and yeah, so I just felt like I didn't really fit in. And one day I woke up and I just thought, and I was doing stuff that I, like, I knew I didn't enjoy or that I didn't really want to do. And yeah. not bad stuff, but like I was going out drinking and partying and I was like, Stuff that wasn't, I wasn't it. serving you. Yeah, and I was like, I don't enjoy this and I didn't feel good and it made me feel like nervous and anxious and I just, I just wasn't like productive to, to how I wanted to be acting and thinking and feeling. Yet I kept on doing it until one day I just woke up and I thought like, fuck that, like I don't want to do this anymore. I'm not going to be like that. Like, I and I'm just going to, like, I've had enough. Like, I've had enough of forcing myself to try and fit in and feeling crap. So, it's a pretty, it's it pretty huge thing to act, like, as a, pardon me, 19, 20 year old to actually yeah. go, you know what? That's not going to be me anymore. Yeah, it was really hard. And especially, like, that meant throwing, like, not throwing away, but um, letting go of a lot of connections and relationships and friendships and the definition that I'd built of myself. So, yeah. of letting that go. Yeah. Um, Yet it wasn't a real definition of myself. It wasn't how I wanted to be. Um, and coming back to like the whole mindfulness is that like, I guess I'm pretty lucky that I had the ability to sort of look at it and realize at the time and think like, yeah, like I don't, I'm unhappy. I don't want to be like that anymore. So I'm going to change. But perhaps that could have happened years earlier. Yeah. Well, if I had had that. But it, yeah, and you know. I, I like one of the quotes I love is what. If you were to live your life again, what mistakes would you make? And and I can't remember who said it, but he said, I'll make the same mistake. Or would you make the same mistakes again? Mm. So yes, I would make the same mistakes again. I'd just make them faster. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, which which shows that like it that would have happened when it was when you were ready ready for it to happen. Mm. And I think that your ability to and that's not a normal thing for a 19, 20 year old to do. You know what? I'm going to be a different person. Or, mm. or I'm going to be the person I'm meant to be. I'm going to stop being this different person. Yeah. What do you think? allowed you to do that um well number one I was just fed up with feeling like I don't belong yeah um and then talking about like being surrounded by like that community of people that are being mindful or people that are um enjoying you know different things in life is that I finally discovered my kind of people and that's I guess how I describe them is that I started practicing yoga at home and I started doing um, yoga classes and I came across this group, like these, these type of people, these, these personalities that I didn't even know existed. And it was almost as if my mind and my body like did this big exhale and like a breath of fresh air and just went like, oh, like I've finally found my people and I finally like found where I fit in. Um, I didn't know they were out there and I, that's why I sort of felt like I was the one being the loser and that I didn't fit and belong is because, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know that my people were out there and it turns out my people are, you know, like the kind of mindful, conscious, yeah. like healthy driven people. Um, was it something that yeah. got easier the, the more momentum you created for yourself? Was it something that when you, I guess, made that conscious decision to... to ch- not, 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 I don't want to use the word change, but to move more towards who you were as a person. Do you find it? Did you feel it got easier, kind of every little step you took? Yeah, I guess it got easier in the sense that, like, I started to feel so much better about myself, and I felt so much more confident, and I felt like I fit in, and 
I felt comfortable and I felt like wanted and loved and um, validated and like appreciated. Whereas in the past, like I always just felt like I was forcing myself to try and fit in and like it's like trying to fit a square through a circle. With, like it's yeah, just it's not a great gonna analogy. happen. Yeah, you know, and as um, much as you try, and it's just gonna, yeah. it's gonna damage the square, right? <laughs> yeah, and you know, and so I'm the square. You know, you're damaging yourself. You're trying to fit in with everything else, mm. but um, yeah, I think the biggest and scariest step is is letting go of that definition that I built of myself for the past 19, 20 years. Yeah, um, and turning around. Um, and I'm I'm a pretty cold turkey kind of person. Like I'm like really like one or the other yeah. um, and so I literally just dropped everything that I'd done um, were, not, were, not. were those friends and those people you were hanging out with were they school friends yeah yeah he, like something I was talking about with a mate the other day about like school friends versus real friends and yes you can create real friends at school mm. right but your you know whatever school you go to you might only have a hundred other people in your year level and then if you're in a class, you might only have 20 other people in that class. Mm. And what you meant to create, and some people do create lifetime friends in that class because you connect with someone. Mm. But if you don't, that's okay. Yeah. Like you're only in one very small pocket of a school yeah. that's in a very small pocket of a region, which is in a very small pocket of the city, yeah. which is in a very small pocket of the country and the world. Like, yeah. like it's a, yeah, there's like for the people out there, if you are struggling to find your people and I like, I love that way, like the way you put it, Yeah. then like go somewhere else or not necessarily go somewhere else, but put yourself in different environments. Like mm. if you love mindfulness, go to a yoga class. Yeah. If you love movement, go join a strength and conditioning gym. Like mm. if, if you love travel, jump on a jump on a tour like go travel somewhere mm. like if you i'm big on passion and purpose and, and if you follow what you love doing then you're going to find your people you're going to find like i've been lucky enough to find my staff like i haven't found my staff because we went to school together i've found my staff because we've all been able to grow a vision together right mm. and then and you've been able to move yourself out of that environment of your school friends who like they were just there so you became friends with them friends right? of convenience or yeah. friends out of convenience it sounds kind of mean but we went to school together five days a week and mm. therefore we became friends but outside of school when things you know we moved on we became like adults at 18 um we didn't have things in common anymore and mm. letting go of that um yeah it was probably one of the scariest things um but also like one of the best and most gratifying things yeah one of the one of the most i think it's the most selfish things you can do but also the most selfless is if you're not in an environment that's if you're in an environment that's not serving you then you need to remove yourself from that environment because mm. if it's not serving you then you're not going to be serving everyone else and yeah that ability to move from that environment allows you to one serve yourself and then serve everyone else mm. and most people just want to make the world a better place like like I know you do yeah. and if you're able to be in an environment that serves you and that brings you up and that pumps up your tyres and that helps you you know be you then the world's going to be a better place right yeah. and you're going to help all those people mm. when they're down or when they need the help so why don't you why do you think so many people don't move out of those groups or move on or break free of those definitions or those constraints that they've put on themselves or that they've sort of in, inherited as they've grown up why do you, like why do you think that some people are still stuck in that. Why do you think some people still smoke? Because it's convenient. They've been doing it for twenty years. Like it's it's yeah, it's habit, right? Yeah. And 
so, and they'll tell themselves, like, and they'll almost convince themselves that that's the right thing. We are incredibly good at convincing ourselves that whatever we're doing is the right thing, or mm-hmm. that we want something, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think when we allow ourselves to think consciously, like back to that quote before, we are able to be proactive. And you were, you were thinking consciously, right? You were able to go, "This isn't serving me. This isn't me. I want to move out of this situation and out of yeah. this area." So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to change my environment, right? And I think if you're, and a lot of people do meet lifetime friends at school, which is awesome, like like perfect. Um, You don't have to look anymore. (laughs) Um, Done. Yeah, exactly, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly it. And it's like, it's not to say that those people aren't good people, right? But there's good people and there's your people. Like it's it's different. Like yes, they're nice people, but they're just not my people. Mm. Like I think that's okay. Yeah. And yeah, I think the convenience is a big one, and that inability to be proactive. Yeah. And one thing that like one thing why I asked is like I guess my idea in it, and it's it's a again it's a. I swear every, every part of my life at the moment is like something that I've heard in a podcast <laughs> um, but that just goes but to you how great you podcasts rela- are but you relate to it right so. yeah it's because it's relatable but I heard this quote and it says um, all people need is permission to behave which I really really like um, and some people might notice like on my Instagram in my comments or in my stories I sometimes give people permission to do something and you know maybe all all I needed no one gave me the permission I, I, I'm lucky that I did it myself but sometimes you know all you need is for someone to say like and that, like, I actually love saying it like in, in such a simple straightforward way you know you have permission today I give you permission to let go of something that no longer serves you mm-hmm. or today I give you permission to step out of that little comfort zone and maybe um approach someone or something that you've always been interested in that you haven't you know that you haven't been daring to do so yet um but yeah mo- like that most people all you need is, is permission from someone else to yeah to behave yeah. um and if you don't <clears throat> want to get it from someone else give yourself permission to yeah. do that like give yourself permission to sit down and set goals and to sit down and write your bucket list and to sit down and start chasing that big crazy dream mm-hmm. that that you didn't that you haven't done so far because you're, you're of your, you know, worry that you're going to fail or worry yeah. that you're not going to get to where you want to get to. And give yourself permission to, like, for me, like, I didn't realise at the time, but I, I was. I was giving myself permission to let go of the Georgie that I thought I was and the friendships that I that I had that I thought, that, like, I valued to, I guess, chase a sensation or a feeling that I'd only just gotten a taste of. Um, and just pursue that and I gave myself permission to let go of what I knew wasn't right for me even though that was what was comfortable and that was sort of what I knew and just giving myself permission to just go for it and yeah, yeah. and change is hard like it takes hard. it it's takes scary. conscious effort yeah. that like repetitive consistent effort yeah. right if we want to change something and like from a psychological point of view, it's hard. From a physiological point of view, it's hard. Like, it's like three weeks to make a change. Yeah, something like that. It's like, yeah. I don't know, 57 days to, to make a, make something a habit. I just made that number up, but I assume mm-hmm. it'll work. If you do something 57 days, I assume it'll be a habit. Just don't make it like heroin or something, please. <laughs> don't do heroin 57 days in a row. Yeah, you wouldn't make it, surely. No. Maybe. I don't know. If anyone does, let us know. I don't know. I don't do heroin. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Um, but I think that ability to... To uh, and like, I only heard that quote today. But that ability to be conscious of everything you do—if you want to lose weight, mm. awesome. But you've got to be conscious of every decision you make 
that it is actually moving you towards that. If you want a new group of friends, like same, like that sounds really, that sounds really bad. But if you, if you feel as though you need a new group of friends, then awesome. Make that conscious decision to do do that. Mm. If you want to make a change in your career path, right? Same deal. You do exactly the same stuff Mm. and don't be afraid to fail. Georgie, talk to me. What is failure to you? Failure. Well, it just my mind snaps back to the definition, the definition of success that I gave you in our last podcast. And my definition of success is to realize your true potential and to live it wholeheartedly and passionately and uninhibited by anything else, and mm-hmm. just to embody what your true purpose is. And some of us know what our purpose is, and some of us have realized early, and some of us. You know, still, still working know. on finding it, yeah. Yeah, and that's fine. But doing things to help you get towards it. So, for me, I guess failure would be um, maybe knowing what your purpose is, or having those things in reach, or knowing what you can do to get there, but maybe ignoring it, or letting it pass, or dropping the ball, or just not like failure to to catch on to go for it um, out of fear out of you know not wanting to rock the boat or out of you know not wanting to step outside of the status quo or yeah yeah i think it's a real shame to waste like your potential or to to not meet your true purpose um out of out of fear of like repercussions or what someone else might think of you yeah do you think failure can be a good thing yeah yeah, like, like that's my, I guess, that's, yeah, that's like my definition of like life failure. Yeah. <laughs> but failure just in general things, you know, failure to meet a deadline, failure to achieve a goal, failure, you know, to pass a test or whatever, like, um, I'm a big fan of the saying that, you know, there's like a lesson in everything and that um, whether you realise it now or later, you know, there's always something that you can learn from it and I think failure is one of the best things that helps us grow. Yeah. But it's a matter of being able to be conscious and being <laughs> yeah. able to realise that there is a lesson there somewhere and not just being able to think like, oh, okay, well, I failed. You know? Yeah, oh, it failed, that's it. Yeah. Like, I think like, I, as someone that has failed over and over again for a long period of time, mm-hmm. it's been the one thing that's allowed me to progress and to mm-hmm. continually move forward. Yeah. And like I'm someone that like hunts progression and wants to be moving forward all the time. But all those failures, even though at the time they, they were the worst thing, worst thing or a bad thing that could have happened they're the things that have that I look back on now and went you know what if that didn't happen we wouldn't be here and if that didn't happen then I wouldn't have done this and then this person wouldn't have been helped or this wouldn't have changed or we wouldn't have been able to to run this event or whatever and that ability to embrace failure and embrace fucking up and embrace making mistakes like because we're like I said before we're all human right Mm. If we can do that and do that consistently, consistently, and do that, you know, without not doing things for that fear, fear of failure, you're going to be successful. You're going to achieve things. You're going to do things that you never thought you could because you're putting yourself out there and making yourself vulnerable enough to fuck up mm. and to not do the right thing all the time. Yeah. Well, what kind of lessons do you learn from success? Probably not as much as what you learn from failure. That's what I, but yeah, I guess that's one of my thoughts. Yeah. And that, like, it brings me back to, like, what you said before is where, where are some of our experiences, if you're some of your experience, like, you'd be a failure, right? Yeah. But where are some of our, yeah. of how we react to those experiences? Well, that's exactly, but, it, it? but it's, yeah. like, back to that same word, it's mindfulness and being mindful of, if I succeed, then 
And this is kind of a, like a two-part answer, but if I succeed, I want to give myself a pat on the back. Mm. Um, and like, like you were saying before, that you struggle to give yourself pats on the back sometime. Mm. And I think everyone does. Mm. And I think whether that's that, like I was talking to a couple of friends who have just um, just graduated medicine, right? And they are able to uh, were unable to give themselves pats on the back for finishing because it doesn't feel real, right? Mm. But you've like if anyone else like they said it started feeling real when everyone else started saying well done. Yeah. And when you're able to go, you know what? Like I've achieved this amazing feat. I need to give myself on the pat on the back. Mm. But. On the other hand, if it's a little if it's a little win, if it's a little success story, and my goal for this week was to get to the gym three times, I got to the gym three times. That is amazing. Like that's just as good, and you deserve just as much a pat on the back for doing that, right? If you want to want to I don't know compete in an Ironman, right? And you your training program tells you that you need to do two runs this week, one ride, one swim, and you do that, bravo, pat on the back. Mm-hmm. And I think our ability to celebrate that win and those little wins as well as the big ones because everyone kind of either celebrates nothing mm. <laughs> or like, I don't know I don't really know why maybe for a yeah I don't know maybe not wanting to feel egotistical or feel um, yeah self self uh, I don't know but and then our ability to understand that those little wins are just as important because they're the ones that allow you to get to the big wins like mm-hmm. I, I love using the analogy of like I think everyone gets to the bottom of a mountain looks at the top and goes I want to be at the summit right Mm -hmm. and then some people will walk halfway up and go no it's too hard walk back down but for the people that actually achieve and succeed and they're the ones that get halfway up and they're tired and need to stop for a rest and then are able to enjoy the view Mm -hmm. and then you know move a little bit further and stop for a rest and are able to enjoy the view and then eventually if you keep working at it you keep trudging along you're going to get to the top yeah and then you get to the top and you look at the sunrise and you enjoy, enjoy it. You're grat- grat- grateful for that moment. You're present. And then you look over and there's another mountain that's a little bit bigger and you're like, I want to climb to that. Yeah. Like for me, that is life. <laughs> like that's how life works. Yeah. You achieve something, you give yourself a pat on the back. You're going to fail a bunch of times doing it, but then you go, you know, what's next? What's the yeah. next achievement that yeah. I'm going to work towards? Sure. And mm. um, what have, like what have you learned from those failures? You know, maybe you fail halfway up the mountain. You think like shit. Should have been more prepared. Should have bought yeah. food. With <laughs> so you know. Exactly. But you've learned a lesson. So yeah. that failure, you've learned. You've learned part of the lesson. Yeah. And then next time you'll be better. Yeah. One of my favorite Edison quotes is, "I didn't. I've never failed. I've just worked out a thousand ways that don't work." I like that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's so well. perfect. With yeah. whatever we do. That's very true. You like we're not perfect you're going to fuck up just do your best at that time and you'll get to where you want to get to mm. and that ability to be consistent over a long period of time like it's something that I've probably talked about a bunch on the podcast but good shit takes time so if you want something like none of this shit comes easy like yeah. you want to be a nurse cool you got to go to uni for yeah. like for a bunch of years right like you want to you want to be a yoga instructor like you got to go to Gotta go to. Uh, I was about to say Italy. <laughs> Shit, <laughs> different country. I'm sure you could probably go to Italy. Very different. <laughs> but you've just you've you've bit the bullet, right? In the last yes. podcast, I think you spoke about maybe wanting to do it but not being sure when. Yes. Right? And do you know what was one of my key motivating factors? What's that? Was a quote that I heard from this guy. Um, he's like, he's kind of cool. Um, and it said, you've got to do something that both scares you and excites you. <laughs> Who no, said that? I don't know. 
No, um, seriously though, like I've heard you say that a few times, Lockie, and it really was playing in my mind. And I'd said that I wanted to do it, but there was this fear of committing and fear of maybe... I, I was afraid of failing at becoming a yoga teacher, and it's next year, like a whole year away. Yeah. Yet I was letting this random, like tiny little fear hold me back from what I've already said and what I knew I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, and it both scared the shit out of me and it excited me. And so I just picked the bullet and thought, fuck it, I'm going to do it. I love that. Yeah. I love that so it's much. Great. It's great. Yeah. It's cool to know that people actually listen to me sometimes. <laughs> just <laughs> but, sometimes. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, everyone goes, I don't want to do that bit because it's scary. And I'm like, well, does it excite you at the same time? Yeah. Like, everyone's like, shit, yeah, it does. Like, yeah, it's scary, but it's kind of what I always wanted. Mm. And when you're able to, I guess move away from that fear a little bit and and focus on the exciting part you go you know what that fear is going to be okay yeah and like a little bit of fear good, good luck finding someone who's jumped out of a plane and regrets it like yeah. sorry <laughs> oh, like, let me rewind it jumped out of a, jumped out of a plane with a parachute on landed and and regretted it like yeah. So many people will go, I am so scared of heights and they, they they will themselves to jump out of a plane and they get down there like, let's do it again. Or they go, yeah. that was amazing, that was life changing, that was game changing, but fuck, I'm never doing that again. Yeah. Like like my mum's an example. We this was years ago, like KP and I went to go skydiving and mum just drove us there, all right? Because she wanted to be there. And the lady said to us at the counter, she's like, We've had someone pull out, would you like to do it as well? Mum goes, No. Nah. Yeah. And I'm like, you're doing it. And she goes, nah. nah. And I remember sitting down for like, we, we had like a three hour wait. Like it was one of those days. Mm-hmm. And we were talking to mum about it. And then we stopped talking to mum. And she's like talking to herself. She's like, no, nah, I can't do it. I can do it. No, nah, I can't do it. And like she kind of convinced herself. We gave her the little push. Yeah. Like you ask her now. And I think she'll probably tell you it's one of the like best things she's ever done. Mm-hmm. Because she was able to go... Like, we didn't actually use that language. Did you? Did this scare and excite you back then? Mm. But I'm sure if I said to her, did that excite you? She would be like, well, shit, yeah, of course yeah. it did. Uh, Mum would never swear, so yeah, I'm paraphrasing. Yes, but <laughs> yes, Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, but was it scary? And she would be like, of course it was scary. Yeah. But she did it and, you know, and you're going to be exactly the same. You're going to go and and spend a month in Italy obviously India and <laughs> and become a, an amazing yoga instructor because it's something that excites you but it scares you and you're going to look back and go I can't believe that scared me yeah and if more people could do that I think the world would be a much happier exciting place because you've got you know thousands millions of people following their dreams and following the things that yeah. they love to do and reaching their potential through through chasing those dreams and all that and I guess that is like in a weird way you could link it back to just needing permission to behave you know in the back of my mind I was thinking like you know does it fear and does it scare me and excite me and you know not that that's I guess a behaviour but it was like a a piece of permission that was like that's what you need to do hello hey Hey, Reese. welcome to the podcast (laughs) first time Reese Johnson's been on the podcast so get around him say hi what a man (laughs) If only this was visual because, jeez, you're looking good. <laughs> Are you going to Janice? Yes. See you soon. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, won't edit, I won't edit that out. <laughs> See you, mate. Um, and yeah, that, that's, but almost, like, I all kind of, in a roundabout way, almost gave you permission to do that um, yeah. without realizing it. Well, that was one of the key motivating factors. And I was like, yeah, yeah like, this is awesome. And, you know, 99% of it was you, and you just needed that little nudge nudge mm-hmm. out of the plane and you, and you, and you did it and now yeah. you're doing it so what what do you hope to gain from doing that training 
over in India rather than just doing it here? Ooh, uh, the travel element, definitely. The worldliness. Um, for me, I've gone like straight from high school to uni to work and I've yeah. not done any, like I guess, official like worldly kind of travel um, since I've left school. Um, so that's yeah. one thing that's always been on my mind, but I just haven't had the money to do it. Mm. Um, and after working for almost, or I will have worked for almost three years by the time I go, um, I'll definitely have the funds to be able to do that. Um, so yeah, I, like incorporating the trip to India, I'm going to do more travel as well. Um, awesome. Become a bit more worldly. Stop it. Yeah, but what what was your question? I forgot. Can't remember. <laughs> well, you answered oh, the question. It was why why India yeah. rather yeah. than just doing it here? Yeah, I mean, yeah. like why not? I guess is the oh, real answer. answer. Like yeah. why there was the opportunity to go to India, or there was the opportunity to do it in Melbourne. Both with the same company, both are going to be absolutely awesome. But yeah. 100% all or nothing. Why would they? India, get around me. Plus, Perfect. I've heard they do really good vegan food, so. <laughs> yeah, on that, you're a vegan, no meat. Yeah, no meat. Or meat-like products. Mm. Why? As, as, as a, a rabid meat eater and someone that loves meat in mm. terms of for susten- both sustenance and for the taste, mm-hmm. why not? Well, this is, you caught me at an interesting time because... I haven't really told many people. <gasps> She's back. No, no, I have started including some animal products back into my diet, mm-hmm. which is something that I've been like afraid to talk about, I guess, in terms of like fit with Georgie and like my definition of that, because yeah. a lot of people think of me as vegan. Yeah. Um, and that's like for like some health, some health reasons and some health adventures that I'm going through and then I'm sort of experimenting with. Yeah. Um, as I said before, like I'm really sort of one or the other. I'm pretty extreme. I'm either like all in or all out. I'm pretty cold turkey. Um, so when I decided I wanted to go vegan, I just did it overnight, hundred percent. Like, ate meat one day, woke up nothing. Yeah. Um, and in that sense, I've I've been really like you know how I said like I'm I'm a very by the book nurse and I was a very by the book vegan. Um, I'm very like I can be quite extreme. Um, not like OCD or anything like that, but just very, um, just like, I guess into it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, part of me has just started to realize that like, like for my health, I've, I've had a few things pop up lately where, um, I I hate to admit it because the first thing everyone wants to do is blame the vegan diet for you got a cold and everyone's like it's because you're vegan or like I don't know you got a rash everyone's like it's because you're vegan you know are you sick or it's because you're vegan you're missing protein or something Um, so I hate to admit it but I I don't think it's because of that but I do think some animal products will be able to help me um, sort of maybe get things back on track Um, and so giving myself the permission to experiment and let that definition see, sort of see what sway but, but that's, like, that's that late like that label is just a label like yeah. we, we should allow ourselves fluidity in our, what our decision making process is and why we do certain things right mm-hmm. like if you ask me like five years ago I was a raging atheist who like hated everything to do with religion right yeah. yet now I'm a raging athe- atheist that is understanding of a lot of areas of religion mm. so you know that's one part of it right um the way i train has adapted and grown and improved over time as my experience as i react to my experiences yeah so your experiences of the like the medical stuff you got going on at the moment which like 
bravo because you've been pretty open about it on um, your social media, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, well, that comes back to my why. Is hey. my why, which we, I, didn't, I didn't really speak about, but yeah. I, I know what my why is. Um, and it's kind of like it, my why then links into like I guess what your why is as well is that my why is that I want to be able to use myself and my experiences, my knowledge, um, and everything about me to help other people learn, experience, yeah. grow, to empower them, to help them be better people. And I guess if we're all better people, then the world's going to be a better place. Great why. So my why has always been to, um, like I guess you can simplify it as the use of self to empower others. Um, and that's why I'm, I like to be transparent or I like, I like to share that yeah. kind of stuff because I know that I'm not the only one out there that goes through whatever I go through. Mm. I'm not the first one, I'm not yeah. the last one. Um, and also, like, same with um, same with death or one thing that I, I, wanted, I meant to bring up but I didn't, the same thing with, like, mental health and all that, like, why not talk about that yeah. kind of stuff? Yeah. And sometimes it just takes one, you know, you know how someone like a football player or, like, an influential person in, in our media will come out and say, like, taking a step back from footy because I'm depressed. And it's huge. Everyone's like, oh, my God, like, good on them, well yeah. done. Like, and then we're still know, talking about yeah, it. Yeah, breaking the stigma about depression. And then everyone's like, hello, like, oh, don't talk about depression anymore. Yeah. Um, so yeah, why not? Like, why not use that kind of stuff to be able to help? If I can talk about like something that I'm going through and feeling lost and worried and you know, upset about, if, it might if, help someone else. Yeah, and but, like, what a great yeah. thing. And that, but that's why, like, why I love podcasts, right? Like, you can listen to a two-hour podcast, mm. and you get ten minutes worth of knowledge bombs out of it, and you use those knowledge bombs every day for the rest of your life, right? Mm. That's How many things have we dropped from podcasts that we listen <laughs> yeah. to? Yeah, and, and that's exactly it. Yeah. Like, it, it, you're going to have to start referencing podcasts. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, Joe Rogan, Tim Ferriss are two I'm on at the moment, and a bunch of audiobooks, but we'll get to that. And uh, Sam Harris, Treat Yourself. Um, but I think that ability to for people to talk about it more, like the people that listen to this stuff are almost the people that don't need to listen to this stuff, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Like I think everyone listening is listening because they want that enlightenment and they want that improvement and they want that growth and they, they want to see progress. Mm. Whereas, and I'm sure like all of you guys who are listening at the moment can sit here and go, you know, there's three or four people in my life that fuck, I wish they would listen to this or listen to another podcast mm. and actually improve their way. But like, this is me giving you permission to start to help implement some of the things that you're learning in their lives. Like don't be that pushy person that says you have to do this or you have to do that. But yeah start to drop little little easter eggs of improvement vegan and easter eggs vegan easter eggs <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah no thanks <laughs> easter eggs was, was more of a, a metaphor judging <laughs> than actual easter eggs little knowledge bombs <laughs> <laughs> exactly but like it's it's an easy one like if we can make the world a better place by having this conversation so that 20 other people or 50 other people or 2,000 other people or whoever listen to it and if they're able to make those conversations normal Mm. then all of those conversations about death and about mental health and about journaling and about mindfulness Mm. and about gratitude they start to happen a little bit more often and I think that's where we're kind of headed as a as a like especially our generation like I can't necessarily speak for people that are 10 years older than me or 10 years younger younger than me but I Mm. definitely know I'm starting to notice that and again probably partly because of the environment I surround myself in but the people I'm talking to daily and you know weekly uh, the people that are starting to think about these things yeah um everyone wants to be better and everyone wants to be happier and healthier and all those kind of things and i think that your ability to 
think critically and listen to people who are going through those things and like like you said you're just a, a vessel for people to learn and mm. and teach themselves off yeah. so it becomes that perfect environment where everyone's helping everybody yeah I think um and interestingly like I think the way that your business differs from like what I do is that you've got sort of maybe more adults that come into your gym or people that are that are ready to contemplate like life or purpose or mm. you know they're at that age where they're in charge of themselves yeah or, or they know, <laughs> which is really hard yeah they know what they're doing they, so they might be starting to get an idea of what they're about um whereas I've noticed a lot of a lot of people that follow me are are young girls um young teenage girls and so not that I feel like I have the responsibility but I definitely think there's a place for me to yeah. be able to yeah, like to be able to share but it's, it's a I'm pretty powerful to. position to be in right like yeah if you can help all those young girls start to understand that you don't need to just follow the crowd and follow the peer pressure mm. and and you can if you love drawing draw like if you love dancing dance like if yeah. you love gymnastics do gymnastics like yeah. start to identify what those things are that you love and that you are passionate about and yeah. that like like I said to you before, like one of my favorite, I think I said to you, one of my favorite words at the moment is fulfillment. Like yeah. your ability to fulfill yourself and fill your your soul is the hippiest thing I've ever said. <laughs> I don't, fill your soul. So I don't know if a soul is a thing, but if you fill the idea of a soul up with things that you love doing, mm-hmm. you're probably going to be happy, right? Yeah. And one of my one of the things that I use, one of the little activities I use with the people around me, if they're struggling, right, I'll, I'll say, write down the 30 things that you love to do. Mm-hmm. Let's start doing them. And you start to build up. And this is something that I've taken bits and pieces from Greg. Like you start to fill up those, that bank of good memories, mm-hmm then you've got, you know, if you're in a shitty spot, then that's okay. Be shitty, be annoyed, be, you know, cry, do all whatever you need to do, but then you have those good memories to come back to. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and, yeah, I think that's, that's an incredibly powerful thing that you've got and yeah. that you're able to make a difference to so many people. And, yes, it's, it's a responsibility to a point, yeah. but... And I just think about myself, like, and back to the reason why I started Fit With Georgie is that, like, when I was, like, 19, 20 and sort of going through that, the people that I was looking up to was skinny models in bikinis on the beach and that's who I looked up to on social media and that's what I With thought probably not a lot of to, substance yeah right. and I thought that's what it meant to be cool and that's what it meant to be validated and popular and that's what I needed to be yeah. I wasn't like that therefore I'm not good enough and like it's just that kind of cycle and yeah to know that maybe maybe I have the opportunity to reach one two thousands hundreds you know of people um yeah with one little glimmer of experience or with multiple yeah yeah and then it's their ability to take that little nugget of knowledge Mm -hmm. and run with it and do like and use it for what they want um like one of the like when we did the abc goal setting when when i talked to you about it right we talked about the the ability to allow your desires to drive what you want to want to do right and if you can go what are my desires what do i desire what do i really 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 want mm-hmm. and everything you do comes around that then you're probably going to get to a pretty cool spot and yeah. somewhere that you maybe you shouldn't you maybe thought that you couldn't get yeah. by yourself mm. how long have you had Virtus for technically two or uh, two and a bit like 25 yeah. six months yeah. um yeah, we've been in our facility for 25, six months, yeah. which is really what Virtus was. I was PTing out of my parents' place, out of a big shed out the back for 
as Virtus maybe a year before that maybe half a year um, and then um, yeah just PT before that so yeah. it's something that like I use a, I use the term uh, it's gone so quick but so much has happened yeah in the last especially 12 months yeah um, and that's the reason why I asked you is because people probably look at you and how like successful and how awesome you're doing and they might look at me as well but it's taken me so I'm 24 and I started when I was like yeah. 19 just turning 20 like it's taken me four years to reach this level of knowledge and this level yeah. of consciousness yeah mind exactly and, but, that's, and to, but that's exactly it to be able to understand and realise and reflect and really like put it all into like the bigger picture to piece those little pieces of the puzzle together and yeah. same with you like people might might look at you know just from a snapshot or a picture or a quote or something that we that we put online and think like like they're so you, lucky to have that yeah, yeah. They, they're, they're, they're yeah. not like that or yeah exactly like but you know but yeah. it takes so much time and so much failure so much learning but yeah it's it's and so i wish it was something that i learned sooner yeah and like if you go back like i joined a gym for the first time i was like 15 mm-hmm. so like i'm 25 now like like yes i'm somewhat successful in some people's eyes and some days i think i am some days i think i'm not mm-hmm. But like that overnight success took ten years yeah. of, of work and effort, and of then like fifteen years of development before that. And yeah. for those guys that are going, well, I don't have time for that, or I don't necessarily know, I don't want to spend the next three to five years doing that. Like I only started listening to podcasts like 18, 24 months ago. Yeah. Like, and they're just one of the like I love books as well. Like they're just one of the areas where I've allowed myself to grow and and improve my level of consciousness. Mm-hmm. Um, which again, it's another one of the hippiest things I've ever said. <laughs> but but that ability to go, you know what? I don't want to just talk about the footy every day. Like I don't want to just talk about, you know, how many sets of bicep curls I did in the gym. Like mm. yes, I'll still talk about that. And three sets of twelve probably the best thing to do. <laughs> for anyone that understands strength and conditioning, I am taking the piss. Um, but yeah, that ability to and it's only really like really taken off since I started doing the podcast, right? Yeah. Like having these conversations like for you guys listening like stop for a second and think when was the last time you had a conversation that was about life about death about gratitude about mindfulness about purpose about your goals about things that you love things that you hate things that you want to achieve like I've, I've started doing this thing in my in my everyday life where the questions I ask in the podcast I start asking to people when I'm sitting down for a coffee or where we're, mm, we're sitting there we're like dri- where we're you know driving somewhere or whatever I'll go you know what is what is your greatest desire like something like that or like you know what what gets you out of bed in the morning and you start asking those questions and everyone's got some pretty cool answers like yeah. even the people that are maybe a little bit closed off and, and don't necessarily talk about those things it makes them think and and when you ask them a really detailed question that you they know you've sat down and thought about properly they're going to give you a pretty good answer like no one wants to answer a question like you know what is your what are you most proud of no one wants to go i cooked a really cool dinner last night like everyone wants to want to really think about their answer and when you start having those conversations and you start changing to steal from laura pinza you start changing the narrative around the regular conversations that everyone has you know enlightenment for lack of a better term starts to start to grow and starts to build through everyone yeah and i think that's so important but it's, and it's not that hard like it's no. it's it's a yeah everyone wants i like to think that everyone and maybe this is just 
optimistic me, but I like to think that everyone wants to go deeper and everyone wants to learn more about everyone around. I think around. people crave that, and maybe once you start experiencing it, then it becomes like a positive feedback loop, and you start craving more. And I know that's what I experienced when I when I found my people. Um, <laughs> is that I wanted more of it, and yeah, it becomes like that positive feedback loop, and that yeah you're experiencing something great and you're loving and it's it's gratifying it's fulfilling and you feel Mm. good about it and it's thought-provoking you you might learn something and then maybe you might be inspired to do that with someone else or and i think if you allow yourself to do something different have a reason for it and have that thing that is driving you and your reason for that point in time might be right six months later you might look back and go that was wrong but it's allowed you to move to that point where you understood that it was wrong and you haven't necessarily made the best decision yeah which is kind of like well not that my diet has been a bad decision but going back to my diet that's yeah like so as i said i've always been really strict really kind of stubborn really like 100 percent one way or the other but yeah learning to like relax understand there's a couple of shades of gray in the middle right yeah and just like um giving myself permission to do what's right for me rather than what like legit I was terrified like I'm terrified to maybe eat eggs in public in case someone sees me and goes George is vegan why is she eating an egg like how weird is that That and it's for my own health but I'm terrified to do it because I'm worried someone's going to see me that's that label that I guess you've put upon you've created that for yourself whether like rightly or wrongly or intentionally or unintentionally Mm. and but you telling yourself that I don't care if someone sees me eating eggs and mm. they, if they ask me, fine. Um, if they don't ask me and they, they'll have their judgment, but that's that's up to them. Like it doesn't really matter mm. like at the end of the day. Like if they communicate with you and, and have that conversation, they'll go, yeah, that's probably fair. Yeah. Like, yeah. And the I think when you allow yourself to go, yes, there's black, yes, there's white, but there's, you know, 48 shades of gray in between, like allows you to... <laughs> yeah. Wow, 50 I don't know weird movie I guess I haven't actually seen it no neither um, but I guess that it, like it allows you to go well you know I like the sayings like 50 roads uh, there's 50 roads you got 50 shades great in my head um, many le- roads lead to Rome right so yeah. that just because one person's vegan doesn't mean that they always have to be vegan or doesn't mean that everyone else has to be vegan mm. it means that if you do you do you you do the th- yeah exactly you do the thing that you think is right at that time yeah. and then you know you might get six months down the track and go you know what I don't need to eat eggs anymore yeah. like it, it hasn't necessarily changed anything I'm going to try something else yeah. or you might go you know what bacon's delicious I'm just going to load up on bacon nope <laughs> I'm never eating bread <laughs> no but um, yeah like what's interesting it's like the roads that lead to Rome it's a similar way that I think about it is that like I always say um, like there's multiple ways to bake a cake 20 different recipes to bake a cake still end up with cake yeah. Right. Yeah. My recipe might have something in it that yours doesn't, but we both still end up with cake. Yeah. Um, and you know, my cake is what I like, and your cake might be what you like, and that's what's right for you. It's what's right for me, that kind of thing. And that, yeah, I sort of started to realize that, like, I, I was being pretty silly in like fear of what people would think of me, and choosing that over what I sort of thought might be right for my own health. So at the moment I'm in this big ethical debate because the whole reason why I, like the reason why I decided to go plant-based vegan was um, mainly for like the, the like physiological health yeah. effects, the negative health effects of eating animals. And when I learned about that, a lot of it spoke to me because of my health background and what I can understand about it. Yeah. 
Um, and pretty quickly it became an ethical debate. I learned about the effects on the environment, like the well-being of animals, how humans use and abuse animals and, you know, things like if we took all the grains that we feed to the cows to fatten them up to feed ourselves, if we took that grain, we could end poverty. Mm. And part of that just doesn't sit right with me is that, and we know that there's signs that's like that backs that up. Yeah. Yeah, and, and then and it just like, but, but but that's your reason, right? Like yeah. that's your justification for it. Yeah. And like I, like I, I love listening to Joe Rogan talking about his, him talking about him, his hunting and hunting ethically and hunting and finding ethical meat and not farming meat. And mm. if I was in a position to do it, I would love to do something similar, right? Mm. Um, but bacon's delicious, so you know. And obviously, and obviously, I'm being a little bit a little bit obnoxious, so I yeah. apologise. <laughs> but I, yeah, I think that's really important that you've got your justification for that, and yeah. that's okay. But you don't you don't sit there and pick it and throw red paint on people that are no. sitting there eating their egg and bacon sandwich. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So that's never going to get anyone anywhere is by like manipulating them or humiliating them. Well, yeah. manipulation can get you somewhere, but <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, so it's a massive ethical debate for me at the moment is that, like, part of me, like, doesn't agree with eating it, but part of me is also really excited about experimenting and just seeing mm-hmm. after seeing after what, spending what almost change. pretty much two years of eating nothing um, animal-based, um, incorporating it back and just seeing. Like, I'm actually really excited now that I've got a better knowledge about my body and about, like, what I'm, like, what I eat and all that. Yeah. I think it'll be really interesting. And it's just, and that, like, what you experience over the next six, 12 months can be really interesting because you're going to have mm-hmm. that that kind of foresight for everyone else yeah. to start to figure out well, maybe you should try this or maybe you should try this and, yeah. and then people can start to learn from you like they're like they're already doing mm. talk to me about your journaling and, re- and I guess reflection that you do fairly regularly somewhat regularly you write monthly intentions yeah right? I do intentions yeah, yeah. Um, that's a little like a little idea that I got from another favourite blogger of mine and it's just Similar to like, not like bucket listing, but writing things down on paper. Mm. Um, I'm making it so real and something that's like tactile yeah. that you've, you've officially put it down on paper. It's not Someone said to me the other day, mind. like the reason why that's so powerful is because you can't write faster than you can think. Okay, I like that. So it yeah. allows you to unpack whatever you put down on paper. Yeah, and you don't have to think about it. Yeah. I like that. How, how's uh, writing your intentions helped? And, and what's your, if you don't mind, what's your process you go through? So I guess I'll just think about things like each month, things that I've either been lacking or maybe something that I'd like to do or something that I'd like to improve on or like a gap somewhere that I feel like I can work on or just something like, and then things that like I've always thought like, you know, how it's, like say someone says like, oh, like blah, 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 skydive and you go, oh, I've always wanted to do that. <laughs> like write that down. That's, that's the opportunity for you to write that yeah. down. Like, you know, why, like stop saying like oh, one day, you know, write it down do it like what's stopping you you know that kind of stuff so yeah just little things like that um for me though they've been like the reason I write intentions instead of monthly goals is that they I want them to be like a continual process and that like not at the end of the month or it's not just going to be like achieve that goal move on forget about it it's like it's things that are just going to keep building on each other and how long have you been doing before now July I started so pretty much six six months months, yeah. yeah yeah so um I started and I'd write like five, six, seven kind of intentions, but December I thought like I'm going to make it really simple um, and it's self-love, practice awesome. more self-love, yeah, awesome. which as I said in like in the post where I explained is that that means a lot, There's so many different things to self-love for so what it can look like, yeah. yeah. What are the what are the two things that you want to leave behind in 2017? 
that I want to leave behind. Yeah. Um, one of the intentions, I'm sure I wrote it down, I can't remember what month, was um, to not let fear hold, or fear, fear of failure, to not let fear of failure hold me back from, awesome. from doing things. Um, I've signed up to go to India, I'm going to go travelling, like things like that where I've, like, just, I have no idea why or like what it is, but something in me has always held me back and said like, no, not now, not now, like, you know, you'll fail, blah, blah, blah. Um, so yeah, to not let that. I love that and it's like I think it's pretty cool that we can almost force ourselves to grow and achieve by simply jumping online and booking something Mm -hmm. like like maybe I can't remember how long ago it was now maybe September I booked a holiday to maybe it was even earlier I booked a holiday to South America in March right so six weeks in South America I've never left my business for more than like 12 days maybe 10 days Mm -hmm. Yeah, probably 10 days before um, without being here and that scared the shit out of me but I kind of went well you know what if I don't spend the time away from Virtus it'll never change it'll always just be me you know doing all the things that I need to do and that decision like the difference between then and now like I've got three extra staff members that are now taking on you know 15-20 hours of work mm. that I was doing and that's freed my life up to be able to focus on growing the business down the track so that scared the shit out of me but excited me at the same time and I kind of went well I have to it's on me I have to make it work between August and March or whenever it actually was and that's yeah it just forced me to do it so that failure like if I just sat on my sat on my hands and didn't do anything and got to March went hey guys see you in six weeks and I was like wait what what's happening Mm. like then I would have failed. Yeah. But that ability to force, like, and I say force myself, but I forced myself to do it because I wanted to do it because yeah. it was something I desired. And you've done exactly the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you've, you have to go to India now. You've yeah. booked it. I've paid for it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, I could book it, but like, <laughs> you're yeah. not going to do that, like, right? Yeah, and like, silly. something that you've, like, having a couple of chats to you about it, you've been kind of arming and ahhing about. Yeah. Knowing probably deep down that that was what you really wanted to do I spoke about it for so long yeah Yeah. and now you're doing it yeah and that it only took like how long how long do you reckon you actually properly thought about booking it before you actually clicked that button and booked it probably I mean a couple of weeks Mm -hmm. before um, like an opportunity popped up on my radar with the company that I'm going with Um, like that popped up and then it was a couple of weeks weeks. where I was like I met up with one of the guys that's running it um, one of the one of my favourite guys, um, Melbourne based yoga teacher. His name's Josh. Hi Josh. Shout out. Um, love him. Um, and yeah, and like we uh, we got up for coffee and uh, sort of chatted about it. And he and he said like, I can tell that like you're ready for it and this is going to be great for you. Um, and that was I guess sort of like that permission that like this is this is right for you. Yeah. Um, and then that that quote that you say and it was all like in my mind and I was like. Just doing it. Just a couple of things. Yeah. That's all it takes. That's yeah, good. That, that ability to be that little bit impulsive sometimes. Oh, yeah. And have that imperfect plan that you execute violently right now mm-hmm. is going to be so much better than that imperfect plan you do. Yeah. Or that perfect plan that you just try and sort out maybe down the track. But, yeah, that's, that whole tomorrow or later thing, like, yeah. that's a curse. You've just got to break through it and, and make, some, make some stuff happen. Mm. Okay. The other one? Oh, yeah, the other one. I asked for two, didn't I? Yeah, yes. good. We also spoke about five... You asked me for five things that I learned in nursing. I think I only one. <laughs> That's okay. Anyway, um, the other thing that I'm going to leave behind in 2017. Um, ooh. 
Um, probably, probably, um, I guess being like self-destructive, which is something that I am not like super, I don't talk about it a whole lot, um, but I, I'm definitely my worst enemy um, a lot of the time. Yep. Um, and that's one whole reason why I practice so much mindfulness and why I'm so into what I'm into now is that, um, yeah, I can, I can let myself be pretty self-destructive and I can, yeah, I can be my own worst enemy and I can destroy everything that I'm, that I'm doing because for some reason I feel like I like deserve to fail or that I'm not, not worthy or something. And then, um, that can really play on my mind. Um, but being able to step outside that and watch the thinker and be conscious of it yeah. and yeah, it's 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 become so huge for me and for for That's a good cool. reason. Yeah. yeah. Is it just do you find yourself falling into that cycle of like negative self talk? Mm. And then that ability to watch the thinker, which I love that love that phrase. Does is that the like the one thing that allows you to come back to to it and go, you know what, this I need to be better and I yeah. need to be nicer to myself. Yeah. Um yeah, I think everyone, everyone out there needs to be nicer to themselves. Yeah, and you know, needs to treat themselves with little, like like you would treat your best friend. Yeah, and weirdly enough, it seems easier for us all to be mean to ourselves or negative about ourselves or harsh towards ourselves than it is mm. to be nice to ourselves. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's probably that's probably one of the main things, and that I guess plays back into practicing more self love and that kind of stuff. Is yeah, and yeah. it's and it's a practice and it's a regular thing that you need, right? Like practice. if you being if you consistent being nice, consistently be nice to yourself, you're going to be a very positive person. And yeah. If you consistently consistently tell yourself you're not good enough, you're probably going to be fairly miserable. Yeah. Um, yeah and yeah. yeah, and it's not something that you can just go you know back and forth between like i think it's something you really got to work on mm. and you've got to consciously make that decision to work on it yeah. what are the two things you're, you're focusing on in 2018 flipping that question so two things i'm focusing on um I've, I've one of the reasons like one of the key reasons why i'm so excited about going to india and becoming a yoga teacher is because i would love to um sort of amalgamate my passion for healthcare using self to give to others um and like yoga mindfulness meditation just like movement um exercise and like the sort of holistic body and health and mind and like nursing and healthcare profession i'd love to be able to marry those together somehow that's cool um do you know what that looks like yet yeah so that's one of the things that i was saying like i don't usually talk to people about it like bucket list and how i've been like telling a few people lately but i'd love to like the first step I can see is becoming a yoga teacher. That's why I've done that. Yeah. Signed up for it. Um, but I'd love to like either, this is pretty ambitious, but either own my own business or be part of a business um, that is doing that whole using self, <laughs> that is using self, <laughs> can I have a job? No, is, um, is using self to Play give Play your cards right, mate. <laughs> I'll hit you off in September next year. <laughs> no, is using self to give to others. Um, but I'd really love to have, have like a focus for healthcare professionals and cool. I don't know, not just nurses, but anyone that's in that anyone that dedicates their life to giving to others. Yeah. Because I've Yeah, I've, you can spread that out pretty wide. Like Yeah, huge. Like teachers are a big one. Like we had a little like little sorry to hijack your answer a little bit, but we had a little um uh, seminar, like session with a bunch of teachers early in the year and like it was purely they came in expecting to be trained and smashed and, and to work hard. Mm. And we purely made it a session about mindfulness and self-love and 
resetting breathing and you know and taking care of muscles that have been overworked because of sitting all day and Mm. and to get completely out of their heads for an hour and just be and like some of the best feedback we've ever had from a session and they weren't expecting it but we identified that like these guys are like stressed as fuck they got an incredibly difficult job they're dealing with you know 25 little brats every day over and over and over again yeah um and i say that i was probably one of those little brats back in the day so i apologize (laughs) to all my teachers but like that ability to go if like i think anyone that helps people is consistently giving part of themselves to those people daily yeah and yeah and that's a really cool i guess part of it that you've identified that needs help yeah yeah and so yeah like giving back to those that dedicate their lives to giving to others and you know that always ties back to the whole you know can't pour from an empty cup and um you know who looks after i read a quote ages ago that says like who cares for the carers when they don't care for for themselves yeah that's way too heavy yeah and but that happens you know and then Mm. another quote which um i was telling someone recently someone a grad nurse a stranger brand new grad nurse messaged me and said like do you have any advice and I said um I said no like none of your patients are ever gonna and some this is what someone said to me like none of your patients are ever gonna turn around and thank you for skipping your meal breaks yeah never ever 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 uh, yeah. I've skipped many and many meal breaks therefore you know like impacting on my own well-being I've spent eight hour shifts plus not going to the bathroom and not eating anything and not drinking anything the whole time just because yeah. you've been like rushing and pushing yourself to achieve what you need to achieve for your patients mm. Um, they're not going to turn around and thank you for that. They don't yeah. know. They don't know that you've done that. Exactly. And then you get home at the end of the day and you have no energy for your family, no energy to eat well, no yeah. energy to exercise. You probably spend a little bit of time of that day grumpy at them for not allowing you to have your meal break, even yeah. though they don't know that they've they don't done know that. that. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah um, I don't know where I was going with that. But, yeah, like, no one's ever going to thank you for doing that kind mm. of stuff. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, so it all ties back to being able to... That's what, that's what 2018 looks like for me, and I don't really know exactly how it's going to be, but I know that um, I guess my yoga teaching is going to be one of the um, first steps is, mm. yeah, giving me, like, more tools to be able to give back to those that give to others like and, and other people. Other like people that. are welcome too, but... Yeah, and then you hit those hit those two, and then something else will magically appear, yeah. right? And yeah. you'll keep moving forward. Yeah. All right, I've got a bunch of questions for you. Okay. Similar to... Last you time. You forgot the question at the start. Yeah, no, I've written that down, no okay. stress. Okay. Um, so, I'm hoping I don't double up anything that we've already talked about. I probably won't remember. Good, very, very good. First, I'll probably give you the same answer. I think most of these, I think all of these are different. Okay. Have you had a defining moment? Ever? Um, yeah, I would say um, probably the day, not that I, I can't remember it vividly, but the day I woke up and decided, like, nah, not doing that anymore. Goodbye, old Georgie, and hello, future me, who I don't really know who she is, but who I know I'm supposed to be. Awesome. If money wasn't an issue and you couldn't fail, what would you do with your life? I've always said my ultimate goal is to be a paramedic in Hawaii. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Yeah, well, play on. Yeah. That's cool. Who teaches yoga and mindfulness? (laughs) Yeah. Let's uh, let's talk about let's talk about Virtus Hawaii. Yeah, yeah, I'll... Um, I'm all about it. Yeah, I'll talk to you about that later. <laughs> That's cool. That's really, really cool. What are you most proud of? Uh, what am I most proud of? Ooh. I don't know. 
I guess that comes down to like me not patting myself on the back for much. Um, I like I'm really proud of what what I do, um, what and what I'm what I'm doing with with Georgie and and with my nursing and yeah. Just I don't know. Yeah, I guess I guess um, realizing what I'm what I'm supposed to be doing and what's what's meant for me and doing it despite the challenges that I've faced. That's awesome. Mm. Flip it. What are you most ashamed of? I'm most ashamed of. Ooh. Oh my god, I don't know. I might have to come back to you for that one. What am I? I don't. Mm. And I'll sit here in silence. <laughs> People <laughs> at home can go to the toilet, go have a drink. Real break. Uh, what am I most ashamed of? Um, it's weird that nothing pops into mind. I would have thought something like. Straight away would pop into mind. Probably, probably coming back to how I said I can I can be somewhat self-destructive sometimes. Is yeah. that I know that what I do and when I'm doing it, it's just getting into like a negative spiral, um, and I know that it's bad, and I can catch myself watching the thinker and I can catch myself in that yeah. by continuing to choose the negative and that negative spiral because yeah. sometimes wallowing in your own self-pity is great um, and addictive yeah um, 100% so probably knowing that there's a better option but not taking it I like that I like that a lot yeah. who's your hero who do you look up to and why um who is my hero I've never had like a specific like that's my person yeah. um who is my hero? It's going to be another awkward silence. It's okay. i got plenty of time. <laughs> Who is my hero? I've got to lie. Those listening at home, Georgie's squirming at the moment. Yeah, I am. Blank stare on my face. Considering I literally like not stopped speaking for the past two hours. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> um... In terms of like work, um, there's this one lady that I worked with um, as a student. She was just like a she was a stu- uh, she was a paramedic when I was a paramedic student, and she was just awesome. I don't know how to explain it, but she was just really cool. Um, she was also a nurse, so I related to her in that way. Yeah. Um, I've since run into her at Frankston Hospital, which is really weird. Um, so I've gone from student to like almost colleagues, like both cool. nursing on the same kind of idea. Um, which was really cool um, but just her attitude her approach to work to life just from spending a couple of days with her I don't know just really it's awesome yeah I really liked her it's cool that you can just find someone day to day yeah and have that like complete stranger just like and just so happened to be on the same shift at the same time as a student like I was allocated to her and yeah that was that but yeah I don't know I'd have to I'd have to come back to you about like like a, a you don't have to, like, but that's the cool like thing about that question I think like you don't have to it doesn't have to be a public figure and like I think having a, like a footballer that's your hero is like funda- fundamentally flawed like you need yeah you need someone that I guess embodies what you embody and someone that you can look up to for those reasons yeah and that's probably going to change from what it was six months ago or 12 months ago mm. or to what it is going to be in 12 months right yeah which yeah which is cool yeah another person that I should say that I look up to and has been like a big role in in, in like some of my development is my mate Josh that's running the yoga teacher training that I'm going on awesome. um, he just has this ability to like 
look into your soul and literally like rip things out of you it's amazing like and I just aspire to be able to have that kind of effect on people and just be that kind of person for someone else that's a pretty important thing yeah um, amazing awesome yeah if you could go back to school year, let's go year 10 mm-hmm. and put five things that you wish you were taught back then what would they be Mindfulness. <laughs> One. Um, mindfulness. And we're going for five too because I keep asking yeah, I for numbers yeah. of things and we don't get there. So <laughs> that's one. It. It's because we go off on tangents. Tangents are um, okay. Probably mindfulness. Um, I mean, like, is it really cliche to say stuff like, I mean, I don't know how to... That is get a loan for a house or get a mortgage. That or, is that is genuinely the yeah. biggest answers I've been getting yeah. lately. Like no one ever told us like what, what the frick is super. <laughs> like, but, but that's exactly it. Like, yeah, that's like real life stuff. Yeah, you know, what? <laughs> yeah, and but I think the system. Oh, I'm just getting. I'm gonna get a little conspiracy theory, but I think the system around super we don't teach like people aren't taught about what super is and how it works. Yes, you can look into it if you want, but the all the companies that have super funds are charging exorbitant fees for you to store your money with them mm. therefore you lose a big chunk of it anyway so it's like well mm. anyway but yeah that's a that's interesting but that's that's a very consistent answer like home loans super finance <laughs> understanding how that works because look I've got a home loan and I still kind of don't understand how it works so <laughs> who knows yeah that's two yeah that's two um, something else I wish I learned when I was in year 10 is um, that Oh, what was I going to say? I was going to say something. Um, that not not fitting in like with what's going on or that what everyone else is doing is not a bad thing. I like um, that. And that sort of ties into like why I started Food Georgian, all that kind of journey. Is that yeah, like, it's okay to not fit in and that that's not a bad thing. Yeah, that's really important. Mm. It's something that a lot of people don't necessarily understand or learn until they're like late 20s 30 mm. 40 yeah ever maybe I don't know. yeah mm. that's three three two to go another thing i wish i learned when i was in year 10 is mm, i don't know i'm trying to think of something come on what do you got for me not so deep and meaningful. I feel like I've been very philosophical. Um, maybe that. Hmm. What do I wish I learned in year ten? Um. So, um. Like I guess it sounds really cliche, but probably it ties in with mindfulness. But maybe just like more self-love and I know it sounds really cliche but that happiness and fulfillment starts from within mm, and yeah. probably just cultivating that in I don't know what kind of class they would teach that at school but all that kind of stuff and just to not put not that, that, that your happiness and your self-worth doesn't lie in anyone or anything else yes that's pretty yeah. pretty powerful mm. especially going, I went to an all-girls school a private all-girls school and I can get pretty nasty Sometimes. Could imagine. Yes. Um, so that. Um, and probably another one would be just that, like what we've spoken about, is that you're, you are not necessarily what's happened to you mm. um, and that you have the choice. Um, so 
I didn't really realise until maybe I was like 19, 20 is that I had a different choice on how to react and how to behave. Yeah. Um, you know, I, like, so, yeah, it's growing up and knowing that whatever's happened to you at school or, like, how you're brought up um, is that you don't have to be like that if that's something that you don't feel is right. Yeah, mm. that's cool. I like that. Mm. So five? That's five? That's good. Nice. How good? <laughs> Do you have a mantra? Uh, not really, No. I don't know much. I've got lots of favorite quotes and that kind of stuff. Just um, stuff that you you go to whichever one you feel that you need the most. Yeah. Awesome. If you could invite three people to dinner, dead or alive, who would they be? Mm. Um. I reckon. I'd actually love. Um, like to, not that I know a whole heap about him, but like just to be in the presence of like the Dalai Lama. Yeah. I reckon that would just be mind blowing. Um, to watch him practice like joy and happiness. That'd and, be so cool. Yeah. Amazing. I just think that would be awesome. I love that. I would actually, like, weirdly enough, is it weird if I say, like, I'd love to be in the presence of, like, my younger self? Not at all. That's a great answer. Yeah. Um, because when I was younger, I wish I had someone, not someone like me, that sounds really big-headed, but I wish I had someone like that to look up to, you know, as, and as I said, I was looking up to girls in bikinis, modelling and looking skinny. That's cool. Um, so yeah, like I'd love to, I'd love to pick the brains of my younger self and just that's deep. Figure out that's like what, like, deep. and talk to her about what's important to her and yeah, and with the insight that I have, I reckon that would be really really cool. Awesome. And the third person, dead or alive, um, who else would I like? I don't know maybe someone really funny. I've always wanted to meet um, Candace Swanpole, who's my favourite Victoria's Secret angel, <laughs> which is completely contrary hey, to everything yourself. we just Yeah, good. <laughs> I'll bring Candace just for yeah. fun. <laughs> She's pretty. <laughs> She'll be good to look at. Go have something, something to look at while exactly. you we get some enlightenment while from the we, Dalai Lama. Yeah, and while we eat our vegan meal. <laughs> awesome. favorite, a couple of favourites to finish off. Favourite fun fact. Favourite fun fact um, is that... Oh, I used to, to eat massive fun facts. <laughs> Um, oh my god, quick fact. Um, it's not really a fact, but what noise do giraffes make? I don't know, you yeah. tell me. <laughs> I have no idea either. It's <laughs> <laughs> not a fact, but like, yeah, I don't know. When we're done, guys, just Google what noises do giraffes make. I assume it's like a like a chomping, slurping sound while yeah. they eat leaves. I don't if know. you can mimic it or if you can like... Yeah, I'm not even going to try. Yeah. Good, good. <laughs> I like that. Favourite album of all time? Music album. Oh, I'm not a music person. No. I'm not, like I think. What's I the last like, last music bit of music you listened to? I went to the Paul Kelly concert over the oh, weekend. Actually, like Paul. It's actually uh, how to make Gobi Day in a couple of days. Is it? And he's yeah. done that. It's uh, mm-hmm. which was like is like a month away, a month ago for you guys listening, which is weird. I gotta stop <laughs> stop mentioning that. Yeah. Um. What? Yeah. What? That was, yeah, I'm so jealous that you went. It was really it's good. Awesome. What was your yeah. favorite? What's your favorite Paul Kelly song? Uh, from Little Things, Big Things, Grey. Oh, yeah. So I'm very jealous. He's oh, an no, amazing, so amazing artist. Yeah. Did you know that I met him on holiday once and he made me eggs for breakfast? Bullshit. Mm-hmm. How? Where? Port Douglas. Oh, that's a burst. Yep. Came back. He said, "Do you want to have eggs?" And my and I was there with my family, and we were like, "Yep." So I made his eggs. Yeah. That's that's the best. My claim to fame. I'll give you my autograph later if you want. Yeah, that's super. <laughs> <laughs> As long, you didn't make a gravy though. Was there gravy on the eggs? No, no. Okay. 
I don't. They probably weren't like organic fair trade eggs either, but whatever. Can't win them all. It's Shit, that's that's super cool. What's your favorite alcoholic beverage? Um, my favorite alcoholic beverage. I'm like I'm, I like a bit of cider. Good. I'm drink alcohol. Um. I feel like I need to say gin because that's what don't I need to say gin. No, I do like a good gin and tonic. Um, good old espresso martini. Awesome. I, and yeah, like, can't go wrong with red wine. I don't drink a whole lot of alcohol, but a little yeah. bit cool. here and there. What's your favourite resource for new information? YouTube. Awesome. Love I love the when people give YouTube. Yeah. It's good. Visual. I'm like a visual learner, so I love yeah. looking at stuff. What's your favourite book? My favourite book, um, one that I have just finished reading, which is called The Untethered Soul. Um, and that talks a lot yeah. about consciousness, cool. a lot about um, the, the quote, Watch the Thinker, is from The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. But Watch, uh, no, watch the, um, the Untethered Soul is by Michael Singer. And he's got another book, which I've got, I haven't started reading it yet. But um, it talks a lot about... Um, Peter. <laughs> it talks a lot about, like, you are not your thoughts and you're not your brain you're not your ego you are the one behind all of that watching that happen and it was just like a completely different perspective I put a lot of um, highlighted quotes of that on my IG story and lots of people have since bought the book and messaged me telling me that they love it so So the uh, uninitiated out there IG Instagram I assume (laughs) IG what's your favourite quote at the moment oh um, I really like the one that I just posted on my Insta the other day was yeah. that we spoke about it earlier um, not all those that look no no I can't remember what it is not all those that need help look like people yeah, that need yeah, help yeah. yeah I really yeah, really really like that that really really resonated with me um, but I always fall back to my all time favourite quote which is there's beauty in everything but not everyone can see it awesome last one tell me a joke oh my god <laughs> Was this the question at the start? Oh, no, I haven't asked you that yet. That was the second last one. Um, oh, my God. I don't have a quote. I mean, uh, joke. Oh, my God. I'm not very funny. Um, all my jokes are just, like, nursing pre-jokes that are, like... Doesn't matter. Funny. Pre-jokes are funny. But they're not really pre-jokes. They're just funny pre-stories. <laughs> um, oh, my God. Now, I'm squirming even more now. I don't care if it's the worst joke you've ever heard. Um... Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I give you permission to tell a joke. I don't know, but I don't know if it's like. Oh my god, I don't know. If a pen's rolling down a hill, is it still stationary? <laughs> what about like when you like you call someone up and you say like, "Is your fridge running?" It's pretty funny. You better go and catch it. The best joke, or one of the, one of the best like things you can do, is tap someone on the shoulder and go on the other side. That's always fun. <laughs> and that was Greg's one. Um, <laughs> good. All right. This is the question I usually ask at the start, and then we roll on from there. But what gets you out of bed in the morning? Oh, I answered this last time, and I said food, and I regret it. Did not ask this last food. time? Yeah. There you go. I said, like, breakfast. Um, yeah, awesome. And then when I listened back to my own podcast, I was like, that sounds really, like, <laughs> superficial. Yeah. Um, what gets me out of bed? Nowadays, actually, how long has it been since our last podcast? I don't know. It's been about three months, yeah. three and a half months. Oh, like a lot's changed since then. Which is cool, but it's cool to look, be able to look back at it. Yeah, it will be. Um, I think I've become a lot more like open and 
a lot more maybe daring and like a little bit more like ambitious or so so what gets me out of bed would be just that drive and like I've, I've I feel like there's been like a maybe like a fire ignited within me that want that really believes that I can chase that dream of mine and awesome. instead of just having it as like this thing inside my head that like I want to do this thing that's going to help people is that I've actually started to put the wheels in motion and it might take me another four years or I might be really slow or you know but even if all else fails and I go to India become a yoga teacher and come home and never teach um, yeah. I've got that knowledge and you know that's going to help me in all walks of life not just teaching yoga I love that um, it's a cool lesson that like how much we can change and grow and, and progress in three months yeah when like everyone like you kind of think of growth and progression and stuff and you think oh it's going to take like years and years and years mm. but if you put yourself in the right environments and, and read like you do and learn like you do and listen like you do then you're going to fast track your your development mm. so much which yeah. is cool so good for you mm, yeah giving yourself permission to do it I guess is, yeah yeah so that drive to really chase what I want to do and like that bigger picture like at the moment I'm like I'm a nurse and like I do yoga but yeah. I'd love to be able to say like oh you know like I work in wellness or you know obviously I still want to be like nursing like on the floor and I, um, one day I'll be a paramedic as well um, and so I'll be able to have that like direct patient care kind of thing Yeah. but then to be able to just benefit the community who can then also become patients mm-hmm. at some stage maybe one day yeah I love yeah. that I love the vision it's awesome it, fit, yeah. it fits in really well to like everything that I guess we stand for and that we're trying to grow mm-hmm. so the more people like you the better the world will be and hey Make everyone wins place. everyone wins mm-hmm. anything else? um no <laughs> mate thank you very much for coming on this is awesome you smashed it thanks for having me you had nothing to say right? nothing <laughs> I don't know what to say <laughs> <laughs>